Good evening and welcome to Alosa Fumar Takes. This is our 238th take live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azel, Texas. I'm your host, Barry Duplessis, as always, and I'm so proud, so pleased, and so privileged to be with you all tonight. This is going to be a fantastic show, a long time in the making. Going to have some fun tonight with two amazing people that I've been waiting so long to speak with on this show. It's going to be fantastic, an incredible journey for these folks, and we're going we're gonna to get them to share some of that journey tonight. So thank you so much for tuning in. But before we get to introductions of our guests of honor, we do have to thank the people that make this show possible. That, of course, is our sponsors, and tonight's show is sponsored by Drew Estate. Drew Estate is at it once again in the swag department. According to their Freestyle Live that took place on January 11th, they are launching the Drew Estate uh, brand new event campaign featuring the Black and M81 swag bag. The, deba- the debut also of Deadwood Tobacco Company by Drew Estate Coffin Humidors and the return of the Liga Provada H99, Phineas Gage. Yes, that is the famed Lancero of the H99. You definitely want to check those out at all upcoming Drew Estate events at your Drew Diplomat retailers. So the first Black and Cigars M81 by Drew Estate swag includes a black and bottle carry bag, a guitar-shaped ashtray to honor Metallica co-founder, singer, and guitarist, and Black and partner James Hetfield, a black and single fame uh, flame lighter, and of course, a cigar stand that is also uh, adorned with the Black and label as well. So check out the swag bag at your local Drew Diplomat Retailer events for Drew Estate. The Deadwood Tobacco Coffin Humidors, which are awesome, by the way. You guys got to check these out. And then also, don't forget that the Liga Bravada H99 Phineas Gage is back on the market. They won't last long. You definitely want to grab some of those while you can. And uh, thanks to our partners at Drew Estate. And welcome, everyone. This is our 238th take. I am so pleased to welcome tonight's guest, sponsored by United Cigars. Smoke one today and start living united. Sin Coburn and Josh Coburn of Dissident Cigars. Folks, how are we doing tonight? <laughs> really good. Wonderful. Thank you for yeah. having us. Really appreciate it. I am so happy to have you guys on the show finally. I know we were talking about how this was a long time in the making. Uh, it's it's such a pleasure to have you guys uh, for the show tonight. So thank you so much for uh, for stopping by and having a conversation. So thank you. Yeah, Absolutely. for sure. So, uh, I mean, just kicking things right off here. I mean, I I, I was kind of interested in this. I think it's, I, it's, a, it's a fun way to start the show. Um, so um, apparently um, I know that, uh, that Sin is a huge fan of uh, Dirty Dancing, specifically Patrick Swayze. But, <laughs> but, but Josh, who's your hall pass, man? She gets the Swayze. What, what, who, 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 who are you? Who's you? Who, oh who's, my God, that is so funny. Know, uh, gosh, that's really funny. There's, there's, there's the way I could go and be in the doghouse the rest of my life, right? Sure, sure, sure. You know, don't want that. Don't want to get you in trouble, at least no, in the first okay. five minutes of the show. We got to wait a little bit. You know. Right, right. It'll or, just be me. It's fine. Right, because it's like, out. yeah, when this stuff happens and dudes are like, "Oh, I choose the cash register girl at Home Depot." It's like, <laughs> oh, it's like you really jacked up your whole marriage right there, bro. You need to shut up. Um, but uh, you know what? I truly, I don't even think in those terms. I don't really have one. I mean, there's okay. attractive people and things, but you know what? Like, well, let's shift it. I don't want to get you in trouble. Like I said, so like, okay, so no, dirty, no, dirty dancing is her. I guess guilty pleasure film. It's but it's all about the switch. What's 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 your what's the film that you put in when you're like, okay, well, fine. We watched Dirty Dancing. Now it's now it's my turn. We're gonna watch. Oh, we would watch Return of the Living Dead always, like okay. the original or the, the the sequel to to 
Romero's Night of the Living Dead is Return of the Living. Well, other than Dawn is Dead, I won't get into that. But Return of the Living Dead uh, would be mine. And if we're gonna go this route, I suppose the the token nude scene in that movie belongs to <laughs> Linda Quigley, who comes from the same great state of Iowa that I do. So we'll just roll this all into that. How's that? I there mean, now she's like in her like sixties, so it's gross. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here we have it. 1984, Nick Wiggly, because you brought it up in the yeah. context. I will okay. say, though, that, like, <laughs> I kind of know, like, what he goes for. And it's more, like, music-related. So if they're female singers, like Lana Del Rey, or, like, a female guitarist or bassist or, like, Blondie, he's, like, all about that stuff. And I think it's more so, like, you know their talents like he yeah. really likes the the talent that they bring like he's not one to be like oh she's so hot but he'd be like oh my god she's really good at what she does like this is yeah. awesome so i will say that like he's he's really good at like pinpointing people that have a lot of musical talent which is pretty cool yeah, but I'm all about, like, I'm the romantic, like, I'm like, oh, Patrick Swayze <laughs> dances so good with baby, like, you know. <laughs> so look at the, look at the door you opened right from the beginning. I love it. It, it, it was, it was, when I heard, when I heard that, I was like, this is, this is how I'm going to open the show, because I, I want to talk about Patrick Swayze, because I mean, who, who doesn't love the Swayze? Um, right, well. I mean, Patrick Swayze, Dirty Dancing, or Patrick Swayze Roadhouse. I'm going to go with Patrick Swayze Roadhouse. Right, He's so with my husband, regardless. So. I'm going to I'm going to drive the wedge, and I'm a, I'm a I'm a I love him in Point Break. I love him as the bad guy. Oh, like, I, oh I think yeah. It's just, I think he doesn't. He's epic in that man. I, like, I mean, he can do yeah. the ghost. He can do the dirty dance. He can do the romantic lead. That the 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 gear he goes to in Point Break. Um, with like a young Keanu Reeves, like you know, and like the acting in the film is is you know far from far from stellar, but I think he's brilliant in it. Like I think he's brilliant as a villain. It's pretty crazy. I, I can't disagree. And, and what's so crazy is like not many people know about that movie because they're so enthralled by like the Patrick Swayze that's Ghost and yeah. that's, you know like all those those movies. Like everyone's just so swooned by the Patrick Swayze. Unless you're a, unless you're a dude, then you know point point break. Yeah. yeah. Then right. you know next of kin. Then you know Roadhouse. So there's definitely a division line. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not ashamed to say, like I had a Patrick Swayze poster when I was a kid, like above my bed. And oh I well, just... I would expect that. Yeah. I mean, at this, I mean, at this point of the conversation, I'd be disappointed if it if you didn't have one. I'd be like, right. what were you yeah. doing? <laughs> yes. And like when he had his like autobiography out, I had to make sure I bought it um, in the audio version so I could hear his voice, even his wife's voice. <laughs> like so ridiculous. It's anyway, not, I'm glad creepy. you like started this off with like this like. <laughs> I, I call this the icebreaker. I call this the icebreaker session. So I mean, it loosens this up a little bit. But I know I know you guys are already uh, smoking and everything. So uh, uh, we have a little tradition on the show. Where I, I bring a few cigars out, and uh, I have I have you guys pick my first cigar. So, um, nice. as you as you all know, uh, my my 2021 cigar of the year was the uh, Dissident Rave. Um, yeah, which we appreciate. Um, um, of course, absolutely. I mean, it was it's phenomenal. So I have of that. I have that, of course, as a choice for you tonight. Um, nice. But I also have a few more. Um, I mentioned that we had, we talked about the block. I have the block in the robusto size. Uh, and then I also have the home 2021, which you saw uh, before we got the show started. Yeah, nice. And I have a Molotov. 
Um, so um, I know you're partial to a couple of these uh, sins specifically. And uh, Josh, I know you're a block fan too. Uh, at least I remember that. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, super fan of it. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I I will light up whatever you guys uh, whatever you guys pick for me. I'm excited. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna go. Oh gosh, it's hard because I would either say the rave or the Molotov. And there's a reason for both. So the Molotov is sold out. So you can only get that at whatever retailers have it left. Um, and or the rave, because there's a big news with the rave. And I'll tell you, but you gotta pick one of those two cigars first, the Molotov or the Rave. And then I'll tell you the big news. Okay. Well, I, I'm going to go with the Molotov because I mean, I mean, we're 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 having some special, we're we're doing something special tonight, so right. why not smoke something special? So there you go. Molotov yeah. is like always my go-to, and what's crazy is, you know, it's it's literally sold out. You can't get it at the warehouse; it's gone. So we only have probably what like eight left in our own house. Yeah, something like that. So like, it's very uh, like I would I would be smoking a Molotov right now if I could, but I'm like, man, we only have eight left in our own <laughs> home. Like we can't even get more of those. So we're trying to uh, use sparingly. We may or may not have some left over in other uh, Vitolas laying around here. That oh, okay. Interesting. That, yeah. That we had for testing, you know, before we, we brought these to market. So you yeah. never know what will come out eventually. But... We have some weird odds and ends of the Molotov. Well, for the people who are watching live, I mean, and may have, may have not seen this yet. I mean, this is just, I mean, this is incredibly artistic, beautiful, uh, incredibly well-made. Uh, James Brown there on Ed Ovojanebra and the, all the talented folks down there put together a fine limited edition for you. This is stellar. So I'm going to ask the, I'm going to feel, I'm going to feel like a rookie for the first time here. I mean, do I just cut right, right below the the wick there or whatever you would yeah. call it? Or the, okay. <laughs> Yep, I okay. always even do a V cut with that because you can put that that end through a V cut as well. But you know what's crazy about that cigar is that was the very first one I blended on my own. And how intimidating is that? You know, like we buy a cigar company and <laughs> like the first cigar we call, I'm like, I'm gonna do a limited edition. And I was so worried because that was based off of my own, my own palate, you know, like what I would personally smoke. And I was so nervous when that cigar came out and it ended up hitting so many like top cigar lists. I was mm -hmm. blown away and humbled by that. Like that was the coolest thing ever. And when I blended that cigar, we were talking about what we would do for the artwork and you know, how that would look. And Josh was like, fuck it, let's put your face on it. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, really? You really want to put my face on this cigar? And he's like, yeah, why not? Like, you're beautiful. Like, let's do it. <laughs> and strangely enough, that picture was actually taken with my cell phone because I was just like bullshitting one day and just taking pictures. And it ended up being a picture that we were able to turn into a label. Like, oh, wow. So yeah, crazy yeah like so it was just so cool how that cigar came out because it just has a like just such a unique story to it like because nothing was intentional with that cigar and it just ended up working out yeah the intent was it's the first one out of the gate just make what you like give people sure. an idea of look it might be a little different than the core dissident line but it's supposed to be right limited edition should be to some degree 
and it should also be representative representative of what is a, a version of what's to come. So a little bit of uh, uh, pomp and circumstance, so to speak, for the artwork and things to really put a stamp out there that look, yeah. this is different. Like that was the <laughs> first white box that Dissident has ever done. And I, you know, we wanted to make sure it was truly like a step into the new, you know, with, with us taking over Dissident and it just, it just worked so well and, you know, it, it really took off. So we were really happy about that. You know, that blend is phenomenal. Like I said, I blended it for my own palette and I pat on my own back, but like, well apparently out. I have yeah. good taste, right? <laughs> well, all right. Well, I had something I didn't tell you because I didn't want to, I didn't want to sway your, uh, sway your choice at all. This is actually my first one. I've been saving this for this occasion. Awesome. That's so, awesome. So nice. That, the other cool thing about that too, is if you don't have a cutter, you can just pop that end right Yeah, like and smoke it. A lot of people. I have another one. I might try that on that last one too, but, um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, no. We've got a lot of messages about people being like, dude, we can just like take that and just like snaps right off. And we're like, holy fuck, like that's so cool. Like we we didn't even know that. <laughs> Our intention was it's a Molotov. It should have a wick well, similar, you know, a kind of a that vibe that, you know, the top of a whiskey bottle would. So that mm -hmm. was kind of our thought with it. A little, little decorative uh, goodness there. Well, to, yeah. to your to your point, Josh, like that, like you guys said, like you guys are because you're brand new to the industry you bought this brand you've you're, you're starting something you're like let's do a limited edition i mean let's let's make a mark right like let's make a statement and i mean i think that's i think you accomplished that um yeah putting you. out something out completely you know very unusual it I, you know kind of where i mean again it's it's not something mass produced necessarily so like it's um you know beyond the beyond what you guys did with that so i mean it is that limited edition. That's one of the biggest things things we joke about in the industry is like limited edition that suddenly becomes not limited after a while. So, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, it's, it's one of those things. One of the, uh, I really loved uh, the token that you guys also added to it was not just, you know, not just the artwork behind it and the design of the cigar, but so, and I loved how uh, you signed every box. Yeah. I thought that yeah. was, I thought that was um, what a wonderful gesture. Um, to, to your consumers yeah i mean because like you know obviously as we were talking earlier before we went live like you know dissident has been out since 2013 and you know they have phenomenal cigars we haven't changed the blends with anything um but it, it hasn't really grown and when we took this over it was very important to me to show people that like we're not just cigar owners like we want to be a part of your life we want to make sure that it, this is a personable thing and even if it took me hours to sign these boxes it was really important to me to put that personal touch on it to be like hey like i'm here like you know this is for you guys this is about you and so that was super important to me and you know what's funny with that i don't know how many people have heard about this but when I was in Esteli at the, at the um, factory, I was sitting there signing all the boxes and I accidentally signed Coburn on one and I like panicked and I'm like, oh my God, do I like scribble this out? Do I, <laughs> what do I do with this box? And I'm like, whatever, I'll just leave it as Coburn. And I ended up making a post about it. Like I accidentally signed this box Coburn and it blew up. And like mm -hmm. everybody was looking for this box that I was remember signed. I it was Coburn. like the, the golden ticket. Yeah. 
And sure as shit, it was found. It was found by uh, one of our reps in the Midwest. And he saw it sitting on a shelf. And so he has it right now. We're actually going to do some kind of giveaway with it to include probably the whiskey that we have and everything. Because so many people have wanted this box and it's blown my mind because like that was an accident you know and ended up being this huge thing which was so cool but so yeah that was pretty neat fun 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 things like that like are are really cool i I love you know i love i love i'm a big history buff as my audience knows and so like it's it's the accidental things that are really cool like if you can find like books that have mistakes or money that was that had mistakes or something like that it's it's like the it's like the cool thing i um I have a hat that I bought. Um, I bought at a baseball stadium uh, here in Texas at the at the ballpark in Arlington, and it uh, um, it was. I saw it, and I, there was, it was the only one. I went through a bunch of them, and it was the only one that had this mistake. It had the Texas Rangers emblem on the front, um, but on the side it had uh, Padres written out. Oh. And then it was, it was a different, it wasn't the traditional major league hat that I'm wearing, but like, and then on the back, it had, um, it had the, uh, the Orioles bird face. So it had three different, three different, uh, teams on it. And it was an absolute, it was an absolute mistake. It was because I looked through them all. I was like, oh, is this something like funny that they're quirky that they're doing? And no, all of them were Texas Rangers, like, you know, the emblem Rangers and then, then the, tea except wow. for this one and i caught it and i have it and i yeah i think it's like it's one of the coolest one and i love hats it's one of the coolest ones in my collection that's crazy sounds like it was like a test print you know test embroidery test print type yeah did and it just got tossed in accidentally yeah something you know, that's crazy awesome. is like that's the stuff you actually find in nicaragua it's so true. like a lot of the stuff that was like misprints in america or say like the losing team for right. the super bowl all that stuff gets shipped to Nicaragua and then the locals will buy that stuff in bulk and then just sell it. Cause they don't know what it is. They don't know why it is what it is. And so we'll see the strangest shit like walking down the road. We'll be like, uh, what? Like, what is that? Like, it's so the, crazy. The Buffalo, like, Buffalo Bills Super Bowl, <laughs> Super Bowl champions that never happened. Yes, yeah. Like our daughter yesterday or the day before, she found a Michael Jordan. Was it a yeah, Michael it was like Jordan a, it was like a, shirt? A Jordan, in, uh, a Jordan dunk. I, it was like from the NBA All-Star Week, you know, where they do like the, the dunk championships and stuff like that. Yeah. Three a super and it was old a, shirt brand it was like new. 1988 or something like oh that. my I gosh that's crazy it. but it was unworn and she looked it up and it was she got it for like four bucks this is how smart she is she googled that shirt when she found yeah. it to see how much it was worth a couple hundred bucks for the sweatshirt <laughs> she bought it nice. <laughs> smart yeah it's smart. the craziest stuff so yeah like you find that here all the time but I wanted to circle back about the rave because when we were talking about like whether you're going to pick the rave or the the Molotov, um, what I was going to say about the rave, and you're the only one that knows this now, is um, for those of you that have listened to other podcasts, we've talked about the fact that Dissident doesn't really have a cigar for a new smoker. Like the rave, mm-hmm. you know, and you can call that a Connecticut technically you know because of the wrapper but it's really yeah. not it's yeah, a it's very true. strong cigar for what it is and you know through a lot of talk 
um, it was decided that we originally we were going to make a cigar that was more mellow. So that way, because we have a large following that does not come from the cigar world, but they have mm-hmm. wanted to try cigars because now that's our life. Yeah. And so we were going to blend a cigar that was, you know, in favor of new smokers. But ultimately what we decided on was making a smaller size rave, not box press. So that okay. will also be coming out. So Perfect. that's that's a new thing that nobody knows about. And that is now on its way to the States as well. Right. So five by 50 non-box press Robusto that uh, still packs a pretty good punch. It's It's a great little cigar. Yeah, so you're not going to find anything more mellow than the Rave, but hopefully the size difference, like, yeah, I'd like to say that, you know, like the Rave, if you're a new smoker, like the original Rave, you could probably get through a good half of it or more and then be like, okay, I'm done. So, you know, with that in mind, we're like, well, why don't we just reduce the size and do a non-box press? Because people obviously have their opinions on the box press, no matter where the box press comes from what brand whatever yeah it's a weird it's a weird cigar either you like it or you don't like it because you don't like the way it feels in your hands or you do it's kind of like the lonsdale you know or any cigar like that it either feels funky in your hands and you don't want to smoke it or you're fine with it because you like the taste difference because you know lonsdale you're going to get more of the wrap or whatever Mm -hmm. so ultimately we decided to just keep going with the rave but offer a smaller size um and non-box press and see how that goes i'm so excited to try that in the preho i think that'll be interesting yeah Yeah. it'll it'll be different because obviously you're going to get more of the the wrapper flavor with it so we'll we'll see i mean it it smoked really well for us but obviously that's not um a cigar that has been sitting on the shelf for you know months and months and months and months but it was very good enough to where we're like you know let's just do this instead instead of blending a uh, you know a completely different connecticut because it's been done a million times over connecticut's are probably in my opinion one of the hardest cigars to blend i mean because there's just it's not easy to do you know mm-hmm. because it's a connecticut whether it's brazilian or you know whatever it is it's it, it's not easy <laughs> you can get oh, into man. the habanos and the maduros and you have this wide range of you can do a million things with those cigars the connecticut is totally different so that's yeah, when, why I, we- when i started doing my top 10 list uh, uh you know a few years ago um you know if you'd asked me if you'd asked that version of myself years ago if hey it will have, will connecticut shade cigar ever be a number one cigar on your list i would have told you probably not they're just right. like they're just for the longest time they just really haven't been my go-to bag i've appreciated them i've enjoyed them um but it just probably just wasn't gonna do much and then i felt like there was like this about five years ago kind of started this renaissance and people started getting really you know experimental with it and really kind of pushing the limits of them and uh you know the rave last year was my number one cigar of the year and then i actually had another one this year the uh the espinoza a box another box press the box press crema uh toro so uh was <laughs> was my number one for 2022 so um so i went uh shockingly enough not only one but two years in a row now <laughs> uh wow uh where a connecticut shade cigars has been the number one cigar for me so it's it, awesome. yeah i agree i agree it's it's incredibly 
I think it is challenging. And I think that's what, I think that's what makes the rape so stand out is just that the fact yeah. that uh, what I was able to accomplish. So it's a really well done cigar that you don't really want to mess with. You know, it's already, it's, it's good. And I don't know, it, it just made more sense just to change the Vitola on it and, you know, not, and do non-box press and see how that goes. I mean, it's just a, it's a phenomenal cigar. And, and, you know, a lot of people ask why the rant rave and tirade only came in those kind of funny sizes initially. Right. If you're aware, um, you know, they, they all have kind of a unique size for a single cigar that's on the market. Right. It's not part of a, you know, a, a, a three Vitola set, you know, Petit Cros, yeah. uh, Robusto and Toro or whatever you want to do. Um, but that was because they were originally released a small batch. So you might get them once a year until they were gone or, you know, whatever. But we we moved them into the core line. So that ultimately also means we should be looking at different Vitolas for people who want a rant or a rave in a slightly larger size or a tirade in a smaller size or weirdly a bigger size. A lot of people have been asking, which is crazy to us. Because We've got a lot of, can you do a six by 60? Like yeah. that has been I was gonna say, a I know. thing. <laughs> crazy. And I like big cigars, but I don't know if I could do a six by 60 tirade, like, you know. Yeah, just... that'd be, that'd be interesting. I, I, if this is going to show my ignorance, I don't think I've, I can't think of one that James has done. Uh, in any brand six. yeah six by 16 any brand uh, uh he did do one it, uh what was that one the last rights might be a six by 60 but i don't know i feel like he said he did one but it didn't it it didn't go well or something like that i don't remember I have no, yeah if he had it i mean i haven't had it i can tell you i mean i, I know that much about it i'm, I'm I have, sure. their last rights is the largest cigar that they put out the, was it the, the royalty I feel like it was the maybe that he did. There. I don't know. The last rights is pressed too, so it doesn't seem as big too. That's like the same thing, you know. Like this is like the rave, right? Like is a fifty-two, and it, right. you know, it, it doesn't feel like it, but it's because it, but it's because it's box pressed. Um, like the Lonsdale or, or the Lonsdale, or it feels bigger, but it's not because it's it's box pressed. Same thing with the Lonsdale on the block. Like it seems like a bigger cigar, and it's really not. Um, okay. Which uh, I love. I love the the Lonsdale on the block. Um, as well so um well awesome that's some really great news uh for all the ray fans which i am one so <laughs> so that'll be uh that'll be really interesting to try out when um when can uh, people expect to see that uh, you said it's it's shipping to the states i mean when, when can, okay terrific terrific so and here in the next couple of weeks we should see it on shelves Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would say within the within month, the once month. yeah, once it gets to the states, gets through customs, gets processed, and then ultimately ships to the lounges, uh, yeah, you're, within a month, I would say, uh, probably less, but you know, you just never know. <clears throat> but it's on its way. We know what's left Nicaragua. That's all right. we know. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. Well, great news. Well, great yeah. news. And that'll be part of the core line, so people will be able to get it whenever. It's yeah, not it's not a limited anything. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. All right. Well, let's hop into tonight's major point, which is always brought to you by people. Yes, cigar people, the people who know everything about a lifetime of service. Protocol Cigars is more than just pool parties and good times. 
well, maybe it is. But behind the fun is a motivation for service, a motivation for giving back. From the original Protocol Blue to the latest release in the Lawman series, Phoebe Cousins, Protocol has always been about honor, passion, and yes, the people. It's what their life's work has been and always will be about. Power of the P, Protocol Cigars. Well, guys, there's I, I there was something uh, that I was really looking forward to to having you both on the show, and it, it, it's 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 not just the incredible work that you guys are doing with us, and I and I said that before we went on the air, and I and I mean that um, this is not an easy this is not an easy task taking a brand or or even starting one, or in your case, you guys started uh, uh, by taking over a brand, um, and uh, like you said, it's been on the market for a couple of years. You guys are the third owners of it, like it it. It's, you know, it's, it's done some good things, but now there, it, like in a lot of ways, like you said, you're starting from scratch in other words, but, but before that, there's even a, even more complex journey that I was really looking forward to speaking with you guys about. I mean, you guys have a very fascinating journey that both of y'all have taken now. And saying I know you've done a couple of shows and a lot of your story has been a little bit more out there. So I wanted to kind of kick things off with Josh here. Josh, you, you, you came from motivational speaking. I mean, that's, that's kind of like your, that's kind of uh, your, uh, I guess, day job, if you will um, call it or, or something, but like, how did you, how did you get into that? I mean, I, I personally love uh, following your page. I, I look forward to the, the little videos with your, you know, with your cardboard cutout and the phrases and stuff. I mean, they, 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 they work, man. They, they, they pick me up every day. Like, seriously, they're fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. No, it's, it's crazy. Um, well, I, I'll try to condense it as much as possible. Cause you know, it's like 20 years of work, like, you know, so, <laughs> yeah. um, but the, the long and short of it is, uh, cause like we, we also own a social media company too, that they handle social media branding and, and, uh, social media marketing and stuff like that. So for a lot of cigar related stuff that we still do actually. Yep. So it's, it's really interesting kind of all the threads that kind of work out because as you know, uh, going back 20, 25 years, social media is just starting. MySpace is a thing, right? And, um, I, as a kid who loves music and metal and <clears throat> concerts and live shows, I always love the banter between songs you hear at any show you go to, right? Um, and I love that because it always was motivational and I like that. And, but I'm not a musician. I have no vocal ability and my way of kind of getting across to people is through words. So that's what I thought, you know, may make sense because I struggled a lot in my younger years and I knew other people struggled too, but it didn't come to fruition until after I started posting these motivational messages on social media way back in the MySpace days. And I did that to kind of pull myself out of kind of the darkness and set myself right for the day, right? It was mm -hmm. the reminder for me, but posting it kept me honest, right? Because people would call me out if I'm not smiling and being happy and doing the things I suggest in my post. Ultimately, other people connected and it became this crazy thing it is today. And I started releasing, writing and releasing books and stuff like that. And apparently, if you write a book, it gives you some sort of false... Uh, credibility with the media and they believe you're an expert on things right but <laughs> but really it just means you went through some shit and you wrote some things down to help other people and now you're on fox news and all this other crap and that's really what kick-started my speaking career and i started speaking in schools and then corporations and things like that over the years is how he, it all worked out but he's not putting in some key points because i know he's so humble but there's actually like how he got into this is because he's done so many things in his life 
right down to when he was a teen, he was on VH1 because he was so involved in the music industry. He knew so much about Motley Crue to where like VH1 found out about him and uh, put him on a show. And then what he's not saying is he was actually a, a modification artist. So like he right. did piercings and scarification and like suspension work and all this stuff. And um, he was very good on um, like cleanliness and sterilization and doing things properly. Well, the health department found out about him and how good he was with his work because he was one of the leading people in this industry when it was just starting. It was it was very um, off, you know, to be a mm-hmm. modification artist. Like scarification was a newer thing, and you know all this stuff. It's so still the, pretty underground. Yeah. So know, the so. health department in Iowa found out about him and wanted him to speak. Actually. Um, oh wow! To, yeah, okay. to other people about like even in the medical world, yeah, it was their regional yearly meetings is what that was. So that gave me my first audience to, you know, get in front of and know how to address five hundred people at a yeah, time. Yeah, so know? he actually okay. spoke for the health department on <laughs> how to, you know, sterilize and have Cross a yeah, like all that stuff. So that's crazy because like that's actually how he got into speaking in front of hundreds and thousands of people. It wasn't wow. because these, these things he was holding up it was because the health department was like, Hey, you're doing things right. Talk to people. Cause we don't know what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> so, that's how we actually started. It's so crazy because he's just had his foot in the door with so many dang things. Like it, it blows me away. Like what person as an 18 year old or whatever is on VH1, you know, but it's just because he just dives in 110% with everything and just goes all out with everything that he does. So like he's, he's led an interesting life. So. That was very nice of you. Thank you. For well, well, as, as, as <laughs> so, someone yeah. who might find their way into a doctor's office at some point, I'm, I'm glad you, you spoke on the, on the, the, the importance of sterilization and cleanliness. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, what's funny is like being in Nicaragua, like when we first moved here, like, so this piercing I have on my lip is brand new. Like I just got it two days ago, a day ago, maybe. And he's had to really step back and not be so anal about it because Nicaragua is very new with, with tattooing and piercing. And so they use a lot of traditional methods and he freaks out about it. And he's like, Tradition. Oh my God, they're, they're, that's cross-contamination and that's this and that. And he freaks out and he wouldn't let me do like so many things that I wanted to do the past couple of years because he was like, that's not how you do it. Well, it's a and, matter of safety, right? And so, so like, finally he's had to realize like, this is my opinion. It doesn't necessarily mean it's right or wrong. And I just got to like chill out for a little bit. So, like, I've finally been able to get tattoos and piercings and he's just sitting back like uh, biting his nails and watching it and stuff. But it's I, I, I can totally empathize. And this is, this is actually, I don't have any tattoos. I have piercings. I have three, uh, three year piercings and, and that's it. Um, but my wife uh, now has three tattoos and, and uh, uh, she had one before we got together and uh and then she'd gotten the last two recently and i i i i had to sit in the i had to sit in there with her to, i just i just couldn't I, I hate needles that's 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 another thing too um but like that was the one thing i had to be there for because i was just like i i just i couldn't imagine like her going into a room and then coming back coming out 
with that and like me not witnessing it it just would like freak me out even more i know it's kind of weird yeah. um oh, no, I but, totally get that. so i so i empathize with like and like this i mean the the there's an incredible job i mean they look it, you know it, the first tattoo is very simple it's just her grandfather's handwriting which is pretty oh, wow. cool and then uh she had another one done on her shoulder it's a, she's a zookeeper so oh, wow. it's uh uh penguins actually they bond like dogs to a person right there's some dog breeds that are like one person yeah. dogs and and penguins are very much that that type of animal they bond to a person and right. so this it was actually her penguin that she got uh and it was oh, a beautiful artistic cool. design he did a fantastic job and uh, awesome they had to get it done in two sessions and and the at, we went back for the second one and um he's like yeah i i, I it's still too fresh we we need to wait and he's like, is that okay? I was like, yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to mess up anything. Uh, <laughs> In a race I, was, I, was, I was answering for her. It's not like I was the one getting tattooed. But I was like, yes, it's absolutely great that we can wait. That's fine. Oh, I uh, love it. You care. You love her. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's so I, I could totally empathize, Josh. I'm with you. Uh, um, scarification, though, that's, that's that again, like you said, that's something that's underground. It's very, so is that, I'm going to be, I'm going to show my ignorance here. Is that like an example of what you have on your hand or uh, what? No, for those looking, I don't know how well you can see it here. The right three-dimensional. Yeah. Uh, that is a subdermal implant. It's silicone is what that is. It's okay. Between the subcutaneous and dermal layers. Um, so that is not scarification. That's 3D implant art. His uh, face is actually, he's got a giant scar that goes down his face that he had intentionally done. So like, right, yeah. that would be a good example. He's okay. got bronze on his knee that he had done. Yeah, the best way to like, to think of it for most people is you see a lot of the National Geographic episodes or even the old magazines of um, individuals, you know, in, in Africa, different tribes that are cutting scales and things like that into their skin that bubble up and become designs okay okay like all right well it's very it's similar in thought or tribute scars like that are generally cut with a scalpel or burnt in you know branded uh which are just less um concise and cohesive but those are ways to do it you can do other things as well but those are the most common ways so i used to do a lot of scarification with with a scalpel was my primary Oh, okay. So, just cutting the vines into the skin. Which is not a thing in Nicaragua. So the locals have found out that he used to do that. And he's already actually, after 20 years, has started like scarring people. Yeah, people which is have crazy. asked. So we'll see how this goes. <laughs> like, showing up at our house and like, hey, you know, I'm like, we're like, oh, hey. <laughs> what do you, what a unique, what a unique world. Um, oh, that's so, just, so unique. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it, it's funny uh we were in church this morning my 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 oldest son uh who's seven and he was he was doing something on a piece of paper and he handed it to me he's like i'm finished and i said oh what is it and he's like oh it's art i was like okay it's like art can be anything daddy i was like yes it can you're absolutely right uh okay. i was like I'm like do you want to tell me what this art is he's like later i'm like okay <laughs> so i'm like do you are you trying to figure it out or like, or are you, you, you just, you know, you're, you're letting your, you know, your artistic, uh, you know, presence just like relax and, and, and recuperate uh, from yeah. or what, so <laughs> put some energy into it, I guess. But yeah. no, um, 
he's just finally getting into it. He's never been a drawer or anything like that. So he's finally starting to, to, to draw and everything. So it's, it's, it's kind of cool. Um, my sister is a registrar for the Whitney museum in New York. So wow. that, that really, that really excites her and stuff that she's really, she's, uh, hopefully some of the stuff she gets some books and stuff that really gets them into it so it's pretty cool that's awesome yeah yeah and there's usually stories behind it all too like you know people are quick to judge without truly knowing why people do what they do and mm -hmm. like with josh you know the scar on his face you can barely see anymore but you know the the big scar on his face he got a number of years ago and it was because of a girl that he went to school with that she got burned is that what it was yeah she pulled a boiling pot of water off the oh stove, my gosh barred her like chin and neck area so she oh. was self-conscious about going to school and showing her face and she was always hiding herself so as a tribute to her josh actually got a massive cut down his face to scar it to show that it's okay to you know look like that and to, you know to still be in public and you're accepted and loved and so that was his little tribute to her so he wow. walks around every day now with a big scar on his face that he's had for years and years and years just to show that you know you can be who you want to be and or you know whatever happens to you it's okay so and he was able to tell that girl years later you know uh, that story because she had no idea that he did this years later but it was all because of her you know so everybody has a story for why they do what they do and you know yeah. you, you look at people like us that are heavily tattooed and just think that we're ridiculous looking but you know when you start digging into our lives or why we do what we do you know you realize that it's actually some pretty beautiful stories behind it so we really respect the people that have tattoos yeah it's um, it's, it's one of those things that I, I remember hearing an interview that you did, Sin, where you're talking about how, you know, you know, your appearance and everything, but it, despite that, and, you know, how people may, may or may not perceive you, you've, you've never, at least in the cigar industry, at least thus far to the point of the interview, you hadn't run into anyone who had, mm -hmm. had treated you, you know, uh, poorly, really. let's just, let's just say it like, so, I mean, I think that's. I mean, I think that's a, I think that's a nod to this industry, our industry, like there's, there's certainly it's flaws and there's certainly some people that don't get along for one reason or another, but we're very accepting, you know, yep. of everything. And, that's and what, it's, it's, we agree. that's what drew yeah. me into cigars in the first place. You know, yeah, I mean, like you can be in a lounge and, you know, smoking your cigar and you're sitting next to a doctor and a cop and a garbage man. And they all have their stories and you all get along and you can learn something from each one of those people. Oh, and they're and all they're friends. And they're all oh, friends. Yeah. yeah. Like, and they're willing to, you know, give their advice and whatever. I mean, like we wouldn't be where we are today if it wasn't for cigar lounges. It's mm -hmm. literally been us bullshitting in cigar lounges saying, you know, like, oh yeah, we're going to do this or that. And, you know, the encouragement from others or, you know, a guy that owns a strip mall saying this and that, and we're like, you know, pulling pieces from here and there. And, you know, it's wonderful. Like we would not be here if it wasn't for the cigar community. So, I mean, it's, it's amazing. And neither of us have gotten any kind of backlash for the way we look or anything. In fact, it's like the older generation that tends to come up to us and is like, that's so awesome. Tell me more. I wish I could be like that. You know, like I was really scared for a bit to, to tour the South. I mean, that was something I did uh, last year um, as I went to like Mississippi and, and Georgia and, you know, all those. And I was like, 
man, I don't know how I'm going to be perceived in these, in these states, but you know, I found out that like tattoos were illegal. If you, it was like, you couldn't have them on your neck. That was illegal. You couldn't show them like literally illegal. And I'm like, how, how can I do this? Yes. And, and so people were like, so amazed by me and no one was against it. They were like, that's so cool. Like, I wish I could do that. That's amazing. And these are like Southern Baptists, like, oh. you know, <laughs> and wonderful, you know, like women in their eighties that are just like, you're so beautiful and everything looks so good. And I think that's also like, if you're a good human, it doesn't matter what you look like, just mm-hmm. be and be a good person and people receive that very well if you're an asshole it doesn't matter what you're look what you look like you're an asshole you know what I mean so you know we've always taken the approach of kindness and that goes a long way well I think that I I think there's something there here and I'll I'll be like I said I'll be completely honest with admitting this because I think it's 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 relevant to our conversation so like when I first started seeing Josh on social media you know I mean, my, my impression of him wasn't anything like, well, let's just call it negative. Like it was just like, oh, I, I see this individual and I'm like, there's, there's natural, I guess, proclivities that you think that are about that person, the, the rock shirts and everything, your right. everything. And then like you hear him talk and then like throw up these like positive messages. And so it's just like, it's it. And I, I please don't take, I please don't take this poorly, but just softer. It. It's, 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 it's a very, you have a very soft touch about you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's, that's very warm and hospital. This it's just, it's so different than what you'd expect. Like, I didn't expect to like hear you just like ranting and raving and, you know, foaming at the mouth, you know, with profanities and negative hate or anything like that. I didn't expect that, but I just expected, I guess, a, a more intense, like hardcore. And I'm sure in, in your own way, you are very intense, right. but it's just, it, it's a more softer, warmer intensity, if that if that makes any sense. No, I think that's yeah. I mean, I, because that's how I am. I mean, we talked kind of uh, just before we jumped on live that you know our hearts are big and we're we care about people. And even I mean, kind of bringing it full circle. And this is not intentional. It just again fits the conversation. But like dissident, like what's dissident mean to us? We, you know, we would we all know what a dissident is. It's somebody that's like rising up and you know, going against the grain, which we do. It's look at us. It's obvious, you know, that mm-hmm. makes sense. That's why the brand made sense. That's why which all of it made sense. But people were actually like, how can you take over this brand when you're totally opposite of that? And we've had to like change the view that people have had. Like, no, dissident isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's being who you are. Right. That's what makes you a dissident. You can be kind as fuck and accepting and that makes you a dissident especially Wait. in these times people actually gave you feedback that as like that oh this is a bad thing for y'all like that, yes. to me i think makes i'm with y'all i think it makes perfect sense like mm-hmm. just, well and yeah you know, people expect mind us. <laughs> keep in mind that it, it generally came from individuals that, that didn't understand the big picture didn't understand maybe cigars didn't understand the industry or maybe didn't even know what the hell the word meant you know what I mean? It's it was fair. just a matter of like, we could have taken over monster. Well, I'm not a serial killer, so I'm not a monster. How can you do this? It's like, All right. are, you, are you serious? Like, that's the conversation we're going to have right now. But that's, she said it perfectly. The way I see it is like, if you're punk rock, right? It used to be railing against politics and bullshit. But now all those punk rockers grew up and guess what? They're part of the system. 
Well, they sold out. Okay. But to me, if you're a dissident, right, which could be punk rock, so to speak, but if you're a dissident, yeah, you're going kind of against the grain most of the time, which could mean this our industry, which could mean anything. And you can apply that as you wish. The way we take it is the media at least paints the world in a very negative light. Everybody's fighting. Everybody's pissed at each other. Everybody's writing. But you know what? If you want to go against the grain today, be kind, bring people Mm -hmm. in, you know, build people up, make people better. And that's what the cigar industry is. That's what dissident is. That's who we are. And that's kind of the angle that we take because that's, that's what it's about to us. So this is a perfect segue into this conversation about going into the industry itself. So you guys bought into this brand. Um, We just talked about how the philosophy kind of lined up with what you were talking about, but you know, Let's start with just the very basic question. Why did you want to get into the industry? Was it just a, a love of the cigar itself? Or did yeah. you have a bigger mission and purpose in, in mind? It, you know, it's really crazy because, you know, we originally had our own and jobs and did whatever. And we loved cigars. And we started this kind of mini tour where we were doing uh, a kick all the ash tour which was where we took our motivational speaking and did it on a smaller scale and went into lounges and we sold his book. And then we talked one-on-one with people and kind of helped them through the, you know, the things that they were going through, because what we realized is in lounges, a lot of people were going to lounges to get away from life. You know, that was their time. It was a respite. It was their, you know, just their time to shut off. And, you know, you're not, it's not like a bar. You don't, you know, a a cigar lounge is not like a bar. You're not sitting there drinking and staring at a TV screen. You're literally just breathing slow and taking in all these different things. Talking to buddies. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's very therapeutic. And so we were doing that. And I just, you know, the weirdest thing is I kept telling Josh, and this was like, right before COVID hit, I think, I don't know. I was late. Yeah. I was laid off from my job because I was the highest paid person. And so they laid me off. It was complete bullshit, but I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. So it, it was what it was. And I kept telling Josh, I'm like, we're going to be doing something in the cigar industry. I don't know what it is. I just feel it. And we did the kick all the ash. I'm like, it's not that there's something so much bigger to this. Mm-hmm. And, um, we moved to Nicaragua, not because of cigars. It, we just, you know, we came here because we did the, the Oveja Negra tour you know, we love Nicaragua. We love the culture. Moved here. It was the it was your kids though that wanted to move though. That's it what I heard. Was. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because we were gonna take after we came here for the tour. Um, we decided we were gonna take the kids on vacation here, and then COVID hit. Couldn't do it. All the airlines were shut down, and the kids were like, "Well, why don't we just move there?" And we we're like, "What the fuck? Like, really?" And we're like, "Do your own research. Like, we're not gonna, you know, persuade you." Like go on YouTube, learn about Nicaragua, do what, you know, do what you need yeah, to understand. The, like you got to sell all your shit, like all this stuff. There's no Amazon delivery at our house. Yeah. Like we don't have an address. <laughs> but there's nothing like that. So it was crazy. And they did, they like did their own research, still came back. So they wanted to do it. They sold all their stuff. Basically we all had a one suitcase each and we moved here it's and crazy. Still, we're not in the cigar industry. We just love Nicaragua and the culture and how, you know, you got to look at Nicaragua like it's set in the 50s, kind of, but with cell phones. That's really how it is. Like, 
you're living yeah. in the 50s but with cell phones and um and so does and living working you know, internet knock on wood sometimes right yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> sometimes, yeah. And, you know, obviously we were close to James and Angela because of Oeja Negra. And that's how that ended up coming up. We found out that Dissident was for sale. They were like, hey, we're either going to let this die or we want to offer it to you because we feel like you guys are a great fit. What do you think? And that's ultimately how it came about. We said, yeah, hell yeah. Like, we'll take it. Really, really hard to say no when it's everything I've ever done was because I loved it. Right. Money was secondary. And then. And, and and the passion was first, right? So we were passionate about cigars. And then your favorite factory says, hey, look, this is probably going to be available. Things are, you know, in, in a bit of disarray. So just a heads up. And it's like, well, holy shit, we kicked it around. And, you know, we didn't hear anything for three, four or five months. And then we asked about it again. They brought it up again. And it was kind of like, yeah, okay. Like, let's let's really talk through this. Not with them, because obviously they didn't own it. And so we we talked through it. It all seemed to make sense. So we dove in. And and again, you asked about kind of what 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 are we bringing to it or what the goal is, right? Mm-hmm. The goal here is this is another avenue to be in people's lives and make lives better. Because cigars, people don't buy cigars because they want to have a worse day. They buy them to commemorate things, to celebrate things, to, to relax, relax, to be a you know, to, to bring them into their personal space. And we want to do all that. And we want to be as inclusive as possible. We want, you know, the guy who's wrenching all day on cars and changing oil and changing tires to be equally as stoked to have a cigar go into a lounge as, you know, some C-suite dude sitting in the corner office, you know, who, who wants to finish up his meetings so he can go have a cigar on his back deck as well. And we, weirdly cross those bridges just naturally because of our backgrounds and our lives and it fits so our goal is to really make make a place for the misfits for the dissidents and give them a a home when they didn't think they had one i mean and it's absolutely not about the money i mean like anybody that is deep enough into the cigar industry knows that as a cigar owner you don't make money like yeah, that. Yeah, it's the joke. If you want to be a millionaire, you start with two in the cigar oh industry. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, like if we did, if we weren't smart with our money before we even bought this, like there's no way. You know, there's no way we could easily drop this and be better off. But that's not what we came into this for. You know, because we're not better off. You know, this is a, a, a long run, you know, this is going to take us a long time until we see anything, but, and we knew that that's not why we bought this. We bought this to connect with people, to make people feel like they had a home. And which is also another good point is, you know, we didn't understand in the beginning why there was a cigar called the home. We couldn't figure out for the life of us. And we've never personally talked to Ben. We don't know Ben. We didn't buy this business from Ben. We, we, this, the whole thing is really weird, but like, we don't know Ben who, for those of you that don't, that don't know, he was a previous owner, mm-hmm. but we didn't know the story behind the home, but, and so we couldn't figure out why it was called that, but, you know, just talking through all these different podcasts, I'm like, you know, we just want a place for people to feel like they were home. And I'm like, but I'm not changing the name of that cigar. Like that's, exa- you know, that's a great point. We just want right. people to feel like they're home because there's so many brands out there that fit a certain 
group of people, you know, like, and I'm not, I won't deny that I was scared to go into a lounge because I thought it was all people that dressed a certain way that had all this money that did, you know, they wore the boat shoes and, you know, (laughs) like, so I was like, fuck that. I'm not walking into a cigar lounge. And I didn't want other people to feel that way, you know? So we were adamant about making sure people saw us for who we were and knew that like, it's okay to step into these places. And there are people like them that are in this and, you know, it's just like the Drew Estate, you know, like people can connect with Drew Estate because they're also kind of alternative. Same with Mm -hmm. Asylum and, you know, like, that's all more swaying towards the alternative side, which I think is wonderful. It's great. It shows people that you don't need to fit into this certain box to enjoy cigars, you know? So yeah. it's, it, it's great. I don't know. Like this to, to us is it's all a lifestyle thing. It's all about making those connections, making people feel like they belong somewhere and what better time to buy this than during COVID, no matter what side you're on, no matter what you believe with any of this, we've all gone through hell. You know, we've all yeah. like, it, it's it's been a rough three years and we bought this during that. And people are able to come together and relate in some way. And, you know, we take pride in that. The fact that, you know, people can like hit us up on social media and be like, hey, you know, I'm struggling which used to be not cigar related. It used to just be because of motivational speaking, but now we get these wonderful people in the cigar community that can write us and, you know, kind of, we can help them pull through things. So that's what it's all about. You know, we just kind of yeah. switched deepers and now we're in the cigar community doing it. So. Well, it's, 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 it's funny because Josh described two people a moment ago and he was like, yeah, this is for the guy who's, you know, you know, slinging oil and, and changing out tires and everything. And, or the guy who's, you know, in a C-suite and, you know, selling software. Well, that's me. I, I sell software as my day job. And you just described my friend, Phil, who I met in a cigar shop, who that's awesome. what he does for a living is he, he, he changes oil and, and, uh, and loves working on cars, loves everything about raising. And he's a sports savant. Uh, he's one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. And, uh, and I wouldn't have known him if it weren't for cigars. So it, it's, you, yeah, I think you, it's, it's, it's funny. You, you nailed it right on the head. And that was, that was not planned at all. But you talk about this this place being called home, you know, and that's I, I I always said that about the very first cigar lounge that I ever walked into. I ended up working at for a number of years later, um, and then I ended up working at another one. And both those I I refer to as my as my home. Um, so it's it's it it's perfectly characterized, I think. And I I think you're right. I think Ben did a good job with the name, and I, I love that you guys are carrying on that tradition, which of course brings us to the next thing. You guys are bringing home back there's going to be another there's going to be a 2023 version of it um um so that's that's really exciting um that's relatively new too so like i again the blend's not changing or anything what what's uh what uh i i think you probably already said this but what was was there any additional motivation for you bringing back home to the to the market well we knew that there was a lot of fans of home. I yep. mean, that was one of the first things that were brought up when we bought this company was like, are you going to keep going with the home? Like that was like one of the number one things that people talked about was like, is the home still going to be there? And we're like, well, yeah, you guys want this. Like, we're not going to take it away. You know, like we're not going to mess with something that's already good. You don't mess with something that's good. Ain't broke, don't so fix we, it. Exactly. Yep, yep. So we knew like that, that was a no, like that was staying. 
but we didn't do a 22 because we needed to mark our place in this industry. So we did the Molotov instead. Sure. Um, and that was simply to show like, Hey, this is us. This is what we're doing. Expect to see a lot of new cigars. It's not just, you know, these three cigars or two cigars now five cigars. Like, you know, we're, we're really showing that we're expanding this brand. You're going to be seeing a lot of new stuff. So the Molotov, this was kind of like the segue into more, but that, didn't stop the home that was just like a delay so the home is back out you're going to be seeing it in the next month or two um no changes it's the same blend it's everything you expect from the home so it, it's still yeah. there so, Bar barber pole as well oh yep yep nice. yep. yep everything's the same yep you'll see a slight uh change in the artwork change in the band nothing too crazy people will recognize it immediately yeah um, it's an enhancement like we just right. made sure like the artwork was kind of more on on par it's still the same thing we just kind of fine-tuned everything um and and to that end instead of putting the vintage on it you know could have said home 2023 right but as as a consumer i looked at home i looked at dissident the brand and i'm like yeah, block coupled with the artwork, I get it. Soapbox, got it. Rant Raid, Tirade, got it. It all ties back to Dissonant. Home didn't as much, but even we just talked about it, right? Right. Like, I don't know if this was the intention behind the naming convention initially, but this one is really about being inclusive. Right on the box, it says, uh, if you don't feel like you belong anywhere, you belong with us. Welcome home. And Oh, very that, cool. That's really important. We want people who feel lost in a lounge to look at that and be like, okay, like this, this is maybe where I belong. Let me pick this one up. Let me try this. And even if they don't like the home, maybe they'll hopefully pick up other dissident or Oveja Negra sticks and understand like, look, you can be a black sheep. It's totally fine. We don't give a shit. If you wear a sport coat, you can hang with us. We don't give a shit. If you're wrenching on stuff, you can hang with us. You know, all that stuff is important. And, and that's really what we want to drive home with this is just that you know you do belong here and you belong in this industry and you get to enjoy it with us that's what it's really about well that's exciting that it's coming back i, I remember uh sin was doing a couple of interviews uh, before the molotov launched and was even announced and you were talking about a limited edition you're like oh it's going to be crazy and you certainly uh you certainly uh um made that true uh <laughs> and with something incredibly unique in the molotov which i'm finishing up and by the way and we're going to talk about that, my impression here in just a second. Um, but I thought, I was like, oh, they're going to do something really cool with the home. Um, right. But I, I really, um, I really liked the, the Molotov project and what, what it ended up being uh, the, the crazy thing that y'all were doing and stuff. And, but I'm also equally as excited that you're bringing that back. I, and I love that tagline, Josh. That's awesome. I mean, that, yeah. that perfectly description. That came from, um, some podcasts that we did and you know i was just talking and i'm like you know we just want you to feel like you're you're at home and yep. that's where that came from and we're like we're not going to change the name of that that's exactly what that is and so i mean it worked out really well and you know what's crazy is yes this is where the third owners but it wasn't a you know a handshake a, a change of hands we didn't get to talk to ben we didn't get to hear the stories as to why things are what they are we didn't get to talk to Ryan, you know, the previous owner to Ben, we've, we've talked to nobody. So we've had to really sit down and figure out this brand for ourselves and make it what it is based on our perception and what we want people to feel. Mm -hmm. 
and, and we feel like it's worked really well. So we don't know where home came from. We don't know why home was what it was, but this is, you know, this home coming out is because of what we feel. We want you to feel like you're home. Hopefully that was the intent of the original home, but we don't know, but that's what we want people to know now. Like, isn't that great well, that this isn't your, the original one isn't your story, but it's become your yes. story. Yep. Yeah. I've, yep. I think that's I think that's what's really neat about this whole thing is that, you know, you know, Ben's interpretation of the naming conventions like the block, the original block, for example. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the original artwork. It was very yeah. it was like eight bit Nintendo, yeah. kind of, you know, and it very cool. Loved that completely different blend. Right. I actually really enjoyed it uh, as well. And uh, and but uh, this one had a completely different meaning and and and. Again, it, it means something different to you guys. And I think that's I think that's the 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 beauty of it is that and you know, as we you know, we've been talking about y'all's journey and everything, and that's what this is. It's gonna be it is gonna be a journey, and this it's, this is just the beginning, which is really exciting for yep. it. And there's so. been so many amazing people that have followed dissident for so many years since the beginning. I mean, we were at what was it, PCA? I believe it was PCA and we were gifted an original soapbox box. Oh, and, wow. Okay. And these are people that have held on to this since the beginning and they were so willing to give it to us. And what a sacrifice and beautiful thing to like hang on to something because it has personal meaning to you and you're willing to pass it off to us. Like that was so mind blowing to us. And so like, that stuff is now in storage so we can show it every year at PCA. Like we didn't even take it home. We're like, put it in storage. We want this at PCA every single year. So every single year you're going to see the original soapbox box. You see the evolution. Block. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. Really cool. The legacy is important because yeah. let's be real. I mean, I'm in my forties right now. I got 20, maybe 30 years left of, of, uh, well, maybe even being here. Shit. Who knows? And you know, it does that mean the kids are going to take it over does that mean someone else will take it over i don't know but i hope our story is told as part of that dissident legacy as well mm -hmm. so we don't discount you know where this came from we we talk about it in almost every damn interview but we also want our piece of that legacy to be told when we're when it's beyond us right sure. we want it to continue because that's really what it's about kindness is forever wanting to be inclusive is forever you know, so hopefully uh, the story and legacy continues forever, too. Absolutely. Well, that, that's a good time to transition to a couple of our fun segments. Uh, the second one I'm really excited to talk about because it's something that's very passionate to you. But the first one is a little fun uh, segment that we have. It's uh, it's our presidential trivia segment, which don't worry, guys, it's multiple choice. So don't worry about it. Uh, it's uh, and our presidential trivia is always brought to you by United Cigars, uh, featuring La Giana Havana, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabay, Byron, and now Alfonso lines from Selected Tobacco. Smoke one today and start living united. Now, topic of dogs is going to come up here in just a few moments. Uh, dogs have been a very important part in y'all's life and my life, but also in U.S. presidents' lives, too. Very infamous dogs have uh, called the White House home, uh, and some of them have some pretty unique names. So I'm going to give you guys some names of some dogs, um, but one of them has not, has not been a name of a U.S. president's little dog. So you have to pick the one that's not 
been uh, that is not called the White House home. So, um, so the here we go. Uh, the names are A. Peter Pan, B. Checkers, C. This is actually two names. Him and her. So this is two dogs. Him and her. D. Zeus, or E. Satan. Which one was not a dog of a U.S. president? Peter Pan, Checkers, him and her, Zeus, or Satan? Go ahead. I'm going to go with Satan. And and I... No, no, no. Now, I'll, I'll go with Checkers. I feel like you're right because you're like a history buff. So Checkers was actually Richard Nixon's dog. So oh, okay. that one's not... not but uh, Satan actually belonged to John Adams, the second president of the United wow. States. I have no idea. Like, they... Uh, the the story goes that he was just a little ra- apparently a little rascal and apparently lived up to the name. So um, I would have <laughs> come up with something a little bit more uh, uh, endearing, but apparently not. Um, <laughs> so, uh, John Adams just didn't maybe didn't like him or something. But um, but John Adams, yeah, had a dog named Satan. He had other dogs as well. So his him and her probably the most unusual uh, ununique names uh, were brother and sister beagles owned by Lyndon Baines Johnson. Um, I heard that somewhere. Yeah. Peter Pan belonged to Calvin Coolidge. It was actually Zeus. I could not find Zeus, which seems like a dog name. I feel like most like, like you probably have known someone in your life that had a dog named Zeus, but not, not, not the U.S. presidents apparently. So (laughs) yeah, it was, it, it's pretty crazy. Um, George Washington had a number of dogs too. Uh, uh, Sweet Lips was, is one of his most infamous dogs. Uh, wow. I mean, I mean, they I know like that, that was also a prostitute, possibly. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I mean, they. I mean, I will say this. I mean, they've gotten a little bit more tame as you've gotten into the 20th century. But like, presidents in the like the 1800s knew how to name their animals. Like, they're just really unique things. Like, yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> my my grandparents had had the most offensively named dog i've ever heard in my life and i won't get into that at all but i'm saying that it, i cannot believe that that existed in real life and to think of my grandma yelling out the back door for her dog is just like today she'd be shot on sight i'm like a, a worse name than a worse name than satan well i guess i guess oh, okay yes. con- contextual yeah. contextually i can i have an idea of what you're talking about okay sure. okay yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I guess that could be worse. Unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> Literally unbelievable. Yeah. Like, and this woman was a sweetheart. Like, gives everybody <laughs> hugs. Like, yeah. that's why Josh is the way he is. Like, they just had no life. perception. You know, small town America, pre, <laughs> pre-interstate, pre-paved roads. I mean, we're talking way back, right? Right. But can you imagine someone just yelling out their back door something completely offensive and here comes their dog their <laughs> beloved pet yeah like, oh insane. man insane. that's nuts so um so i know i know you were all over the place and like you you spent time in texas fort hood michigan i think you is where you grew up as well but you're also a midwest guy too uh, uh josh right you iowa right or yeah, i grew up in iowa right small okay. town 1300 people in my massive town i kind of feel violated like how did you figure all this out <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I, it, I I listened to other interviews as I suggested before, so it like I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, no, you're good. It's you body. Well. I'm like, damn, this is really nice. Like people actually listen. This is really cool. 
Oh, absolutely. I, I, I'm, I'm fascinated. I mean, again, as a brand, I really loved, I mean, I, I, so, I mean, for people who may not realize this, I mean, the, the rave was named my number one cigar of the year two eight, like two or three weeks after you guys bought the brand. So, yeah. I, you know, I, you know, I, I had a, I had a, uh, a vested interest in, 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 in learning about you guys and, and everything. And, and, and I just like, I, I love the, I love the story. I love the background and the journey that you guys have gone through. It's just, it's just incredible. Um, yeah. It's awesome that stuff. you like that you, you saw them, you know, I, I lived eight years at Fort Hood, you know, during the, the, the massacre, if any of you have heard about. Oh the my gosh. Yeah. I guess I was around I that was, time. I was there for that, you know, like oh, pretty, pretty crazy, crazy times, you know, like not many people can say they were, you know, in a massacre and, you know, oh, that, was, that was crazy so like oh my gosh that means you probably knew some of the folks affected oh my gosh oh yes absolutely yeah i knew three people that were you know shot and oh dealt with all that like i had to put my kids in the closet you know and hide them and you know like i had you know we're you know i'll tell you like you know one thing that there were supporters of is is firearms and that's because we've had to go through stuff and i understand the importance of firearms, you know, I've had to have them. I, you know, if I didn't have my firearms, I wouldn't have been able to, to protect my kids the way that I did that day, you know? So, and we oh won't gosh. get into that, but yeah, like, you know, that, that was a crazy time. So it's, it's interesting that you were able to figure that out that, you know, I lived there. Cause I don't talk much about that. I don't talk much about living on Fort Hood, you know, but that was some, well, I didn't know time. that part that you were there. I mean, I guess the timeline fits, but oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's interesting, though, is, is you said something very important. You said that the story, right, is interesting. Mm -hmm. And overall, and, you know, our reps have to sell our cigars. Our consumers have to buy our cigars. We have to talk about our cigars. And, and we could sit here and, and she and you, not me, because I'm ignorant. But <laughs> you, you guys could talk about blends and blending and stuff, which a lot of people do on podcasts. And that's cool. Great. That's important stuff, especially for people who are deep into it. But our reps aren't talking about, you know, every single blend and every leaf and the combination and ratios of fillers and things like that to the general customer base or the even the general lounge owner, right? They're talking about the story. Mm -hmm. And there's a zillion great cigars out there. I'm not here to say we're the best. I'm here to say we're we're our favorite, right? And we hope we're our the favorite of, of a lot of other people out there. But most important is the story, is the connection. Because oh, people understand and identify with people. Like I go back to my dad, or excuse me, my grandfather always talking about, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to stop by uh, the, the Chev Chevy dealership and say, hey. And I, I always thought that was the weirdest thing, right? He always bought his cars from there. And I thought it was weird. And now I get it because that guy would always talk, you know, ask, hey, how's the kids doing? How's the family? How's life? Whatever. And that matters, right? The story matters. People matter. Oh, thousand and, percent. Yeah. And and that kind of old world philosophy. I mean, we can market shit all day. We can say this is the best and you'll love it because this. But fact is that if we don't care about you and you don't care about us, none of this works. Not go anywhere. Mm. So well, the story matters. Well, absolutely. And that's and I know this is your your first time on my show, guys, but that's that was kind of the that's kind of the mission of my shows. Like I like I, I love, I can nerd out on tobacco with you, Sin. Like we can have that conversation another time, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll do that with you, and we can educate Josh since he feels like he's ignorant. I right. mean, we'll, 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 we'll nerd out all day long. Uh, 
uh, I mean, that's why I look forward to one day, hopefully doing the, the tour like you guys did. Cause I mean, I, I would love to pick James's brain on that level, but yeah. James, like, for example, I had James on my show and that thing I wanted to talk about was, I mean, him and Angela have this great story too. Right. Like it's, I mean, it's, it's straight out of the fucking Iliad, man. It's like, oh, yeah. it's like Greek mythology. Yeah, and yeah. but that that's what I love about the show, and that's what I wanted to accomplish was I wanted to talk to the people about the the thing behind the thing behind the thing, like things that I find interesting, and I find people interesting, which is why. Right. So, um, and that's kind of the mission. So I, I apologize if I, I freaked you out. I'm sorry. I just uh, I, oh, no, you're good. Uh, you're good. Uh, but no, I just, I, I think, I think it's like you, like you said, just kind of reiterating my point is it's very important. to so what y'all are, you're accomplishing. And I think it's very important for people to understand, um, uh, to your point at the very beginning, when we were talking about just the twos and stuff. It's it, there's, there's so much more than skin deep, right? There's just so much more. Um, but, uh, yeah, we got off track there, but that was the United Cigar uh, presidential trivia segment. <laughs> there it brought, is. To you, brought to you by United Cigars, featuring La Giana Havana, and this tribute of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabay, Byron, and now Alfonso lines from Selected Tobacco. Smoke Quinn today and start living united. So uh, our next segment, of course, we were talking about dogs. This is why this I use this as a transitioning point. So, uh Molly, my uh, uh, the mascot of Ellis from our takes is down here. Uh, she's inside with me, with our space heater freezing and and staying warm at the same time here in, uh-huh. in the cold Texas weather. But um, dogs are a very very another big part of what you guys uh, have a calling for and love. Uh, you care about people, but you also care about animals. And uh, another thing that drew me to y'all, uh, and you also liked that a really really cool a charity. We do this segment every week uh, where I ask my guests to bring a charity or nonprofit of their choosing to talk about. And uh, you guys selected uh, SOS Animals uh, Nicaragua. So uh, it's, uh, enlighten us what, uh, what about this organization because it's really cool. I've done a little research on it. So, yeah. So, one thing about Nicaragua is, you know, along with any third world country, is there's usually an overpopulation of dogs. And so they end up being street dogs and not get taken care of. They're, you know, starved. They can't find food. They're, you know, they not just vaccinated. Properly. Yeah, they don't have anywhere to go. Like cancer is rampant. Like anything you can think of is going on with these poor dogs. And Distemper. so when we moved here, it happened to be at the same time that SOS Animalis Nicaragua started up which was the first of its kind for where we're at in Nicaragua. Um, It's a nonprofit organization that is essentially um, veterinary care for animals. And they decided to be nonprofit because this is a third world country and the locals cannot afford veterinary care. They just simply cannot do it. I mean, you know, like in America, veterinary care is just astronomical. Like, you know- I was gonna say, I can barely afford it here. So yeah, I totally emphasize it. You know, like when you got to take your animal there, you're like, fuck, I got to pay like a minimum of a hundred something dollars. You know, if not, you know, you're depending on what it is, you're paying into the thousands. Mm -hmm. And so they've made it a mission to be nonprofit simply because they just want to take whatever they can um, get donated and put it towards the local community. So everything from vaccinations to sterilization, which is a huge deal here is either free or low cost to the locals. Um, Because the biggest thing is 
get these animals sterilized. If you reduce the population, you're going to have less diseases, less cancer, less whatever, less dogs being hit by cars, less starvation, all these different things. So it's the only thing and it's in the area that is like this. And so we really, really focus on this because it's huge. When we first moved here, there was so many stray dogs. I mean, it was so like, I have, I, I'm not ashamed to say like, I struggle to go to the next city because it involves a lot of country driving, which means a lot of street dogs that are out on the road and you got to swerve and make sure you don't hit them. It's, it's hard. It's very hard on me to not only, you know, deal with that, but also seeing emaciated dogs and everything. Which and our, our little way to combat that is we always carry a huge bag of dog food with us. I've seen we, pictures of you going. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'll stop yeah. in the middle of the damn main thoroughfare here in town and just turn on my hazards and jump out and feed a dog because I, I saw a picture of you doing that very thing. Yeah, I did. I, I saw it. I saw that's, that was awesome. I was like, I was like, I was like, man, I was like, this guy's, this guy's straight out of my own heart. It's something I would do oh, too. Oh, he gives no fucks. Like he will literally stop in the middle of the road. We did it last night. I mean, there was a whole line of cars behind us. Josh is like dumping out a big bag of food to this dog that was like cowered next to a car. And I'm like, okay, he's going to dump the bag of food out. And I see him do it. And I'm like, what's taking him so long? And I look in the rear view and he's sitting there petting the dog and loving on him. And the cars are like, I love you. I love you. And like loving on this dog. And he's like, fuck those cars. That dog deserves love just like anybody else. And that's so true. Like these dogs didn't choose to live this life, you know, it's just where they ended up. Yeah. So, yeah. And so, you know, the SOS animalis, like they've done a huge thing because just in the two years we've lived in Nicaragua, we've seen a, a decrease in the amount of suffering in dogs. Oh, that's great. And, you know, just our little acts of feeding dogs um, and but doing what we do, like, We've seen locals now with leashes on their dogs. We've seen what were emaciated oh, wow. dogs now with like fat on them and they're looking good. It's wonderful. Seen, like people actually bringing their dogs in to get sterilized, to get whatever vaccinations they need. Like it's been so beautiful and heartwarming to see like people don't realize, you know, you can donate to whatever, whether it's like breast cancer, you know, whatever that foundation is, whatever you don't necessarily see exactly where your money goes but sos and amount is very good at showing exactly where your money goes yeah your money like, goes there it pays the vet it, it pays literally the does that and That's it awesome. goes straight to the animals and the coolest thing too is walking around town now seeing little piles of food that random other people have put out for all the street dogs simply because they watched us do it it's the That's cool thing. it's just like I remember the first time I took a photo of like just a pile of food and sent it to her because I'm like, you know, we were here for a, more than a year and never once saw that. And then suddenly these piles of food are showing up around town. And it's like, now it's not all on us. You know what I mean? It's wonderful. Yeah. And, you know, we took that a step further because uh, I'm sure this is where you're going to go with this. Um, so we've been trying to get residency in Nicaragua. It's a very, very long process. It involves attorneys and the government and Interpol and all this stuff. And, you know, one of the few ways you can get residency in Nicaragua is by owning a Nicaraguan owned business. So we started an LLC here. And by doing that, you have to invest $30,000 into Nicaragua. 
So what we did was we bought a plot of land. And um, so we did that and we weren't, we kind of were like, I, we don't know what we're going to do with this land. We're going to build a house on there eventually. And maybe <laughs> we didn't know. And I, and I said to Josh, I'm like, you know, this land that we own, which is beautiful. It overlooks the ocean. You can see the statue of Jesus, like all this stuff. I'm like, what if we donate our land to SOS and just ask them to start a sanctuary to have to where oh, these wow. great dogs can go and live a happy life on a land instead of out on the street. And, and, and eventually with the goal of, you know, people coming in and eventually adopting them, but if not, they have a good solid place to live out their life. Right. Mm -hmm. So Josh agreed and we presented it to the owner of, of SOS Animalis and they were stoked and they took our offer and uh, they're using our land and they are building a sanctuary for cats and dogs uh, to live out their lives on oh, our true. land. And it's history making because the first ever of its kind animal sanctuary in, in Nicaragua. And all oh. of Nicaragua. On behalf of dissident. So if people want to talk shit about the brand, that's cool. But no one else can talk about how they're giving back to the country that gives so much to all of us and our enjoyment in life. And wow. like you can even like if you want to adopt a dog from Nicaragua, you can you, you can do that right now through SOS. But once the sanctuary starts, you'll really be able to see the dogs that are available and get them to the States, too, or Canada or wherever, which wow. is fucking awesome. That's very cool. So Yep. Wow. So we gave our land to them and they will actually be breaking ground on that land within the next month. And oh. we are beyond stoked about that, that we play such a vital role in the first of its kind in Nicaragua. And to see these dogs and these cats and, you know, everything, like just be able to have a place to go to and feel safe is mind blowing. And yeah, it's, it's awesome. And, you know, and this comes like our dog, Jake, our Doberman Pinscher died a year ago yesterday. And, um, same with Soji who we took in, who was an emaciated dog that ended up passing away because we took him in when he was already dying, basically from being starved. Um, it was a terrible situation. He was abused and everything. So this is at the hands of both, uh, Jake and Soji. Um, so they're the whole land and everything is dedicated to them. So they're going to be making a big mural of Jake and Soji and oh, well, that's this. wonderful. Yeah, so it, oh. it's pretty awesome. It's Co uh, cooler yet. And as a dog lover and a cigar lover, there'll be options for guys like you to come down and stay there for free and volunteer during the day, and then you can be a tourist at night. Yeah, they're so, actually putting like little mini houses on the bottom floor. What a live what there a, and, and oh volunteer. wow, that's so cool! What a yeah. what an awesome like the, mission trip almost you could do, and that's yeah, that's terrific. Yeah, that's exactly oh, what it is. They're and doing cool. a, a yoga studio, so where you can do like puppy yoga. So you can basically like hold puppies <laughs> and do yoga. They're doing a. I'll let my section. wife do that, but that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing an art section to where kids come, can come in and do art and play with the puppies. And it's just awesome. It's really wow. awesome that we've been able to play such a vital role in this yeah. and to put dissident stamp on it. Because like I said, it's dissident isn't about 
it's not about making money. It's about awareness and people feeling accepted and showing that you can be selfless and do like make huge impacts on the world, you know, and that's exactly what I was going to say to you. Like, I think that's, I think that what a kind of a kismet opportunity, your, your friend, your, your kids talk you into going down there and moving down there. Um, you know, and you know, it's the cost of living is I'm sure is, 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 is much better than it is here. Um, um, and everything, and, but it allows you to, you know, have a living, have a, you know, provide for your family still and everything, but you're able to take that excess, if you will, and really spread it a lot further than if you were still here in the States. Like, yeah. I think that's, I mean, that's fantastic. I, I moved my, just a year ago, my family and I, we moved to this house and, and we're out in the country. I don't know if you guys know where Azel is, but it's, it's out in the, it's out on the outskirts of the Dallas Fort Worth area. And we live in this, this, uh, we have, we have land as well. And because we wanted to, we wanted to adopt more animals. Molly's in the, she's an adopter. We'll, we'll never, we'll never buy any animals, uh, that aren't adopted or aren't rescues, but apparently, uh, and we've just, we witnessed it the other day. It was just horrific. Um, uh, they, there's a cul-de-sac essentially at the end of our street and everything. And, and people will dump animals down there. And my neighbor actually adopted, rescued a, a pit that was, that was, that was dumped. And she's just the sweetest thing in the world. Uh, her, she doesn't get along with my dogs, but I don't care. She's, she's beautiful and I love her. Um, and she's fantastic. And uh, um, it's just terrific what people do to animal. It's just, it's just awful. And, uh, but I mean, we're talking about less than a year and you guys are seeing this, I mean, the land thing is great. And that that's all, I do not want to make light of that at all. That's an incredible thing. But like you were talking about the small impact that you guys have made along with it. NMLS, uh, SOS NMLS. It's just, uh, it's awesome. I, here's the thing that I kind of read about the, you seeing the piles of food that other people are doing. If you're seeing piles of food, that means that the dogs are getting healthier and the cats yeah. are getting healthier. They're not gobbling it up as soon as it's dropped. That means yeah. that they're still, they're, they're getting healthier and everything. That's, that's, that's the takeaway that I had. I, um, and I just, that's, that's incredible. What a, what a, what a fantastic, fantastic charity you guys have chosen to partner with. Beautiful. Absolutely wonderful. The best thing it's ever. It's the whole, it's the starfish story, right? Which I always talk about. It's like, if, for those of you that have heard the starfish story, you know, there's like a, a guy that's walking down, you know, on this ocean shore and there's just thousands of starfish washed up and he's like taking them and he's throwing them back in the ocean. And this guy's like, why are you doing that? There's no way you can save all these starfish. And he picks up another one and he throws it in. He's like, why are you doing that? He's like, this doesn't matter. And he's like, well, it mattered to that one, you know? And yeah. he literally picked up one and he threw it back in. He saved that one starfish. And that's what it's about. Like you may not be able to save every animal, but it matters to the ones that you do. That's and right. what we do makes an impact. And you might not think it makes an impact, but us just being in Nicaragua for two years, we've seen how much it makes an impact just doing what we're doing. And, you know, and, and you, you talked about Soji a minute ago, you know, yeah, tragic end, but at least their final moments were around people that loved him. Yeah, he had the, he had the yeah. best three months of his life. For the and, first yeah. time ever, he laid in a bed in a soft spot, you yeah. know, and like we were able to provide that for him. Yeah. He never knew what that was like until we 
placed him in our bed and he got to feel that warmth and that comfort. And, you know, he was however old and maybe he only was with, with us for three months, but that was the best damn three months he's ever fucking had. Yeah. And we were proud of that. And it, it makes me emotional still. And, uh, I mean, I got to be the one to lay him in that bed the first time in our bed where we sleep. Mm-hmm. And he shared that with us every night till he passed. And here, you don't take your animal to the vet. You you dig the hole and you put them in there. And I got the honor of doing that as well. It's very hard when you love something so passionate. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's it's not easy sometimes. Yeah, there's, there's but, no cremation. Uh, the jungle will take over in a matter of, I mean, like, hours. yeah, when Soji passed, there was our, the jungle was already taking over. Like we had to immediately carry him up to where we wanted to bury him. And that was very hard, mm-hmm. but it also, you know, it brings a sense of love that I don't know you'd feel in any other way. Yeah. He deserved know? it. He deserved me carrying him up the side of the damn mountain and putting him in view of the volcanoes, you know, mm-hmm. he deserved that. Why wouldn't he, you know, and that's really, I guess what, everything's about i mean forget dissident cigars and all the bullshit if we're here for anything it's to leave the world better than we found it and you know forget the news and social media and all that crap people are inherently good and we're here to remind people of that and bring people up and hopefully show people that that's that is the reality and together we can make it better you know oh a thousand percent don't uh don't get us wrong. Dissonance still the the punk rock of cigars, and we're gonna do shit that's outside of the norm. We're gonna do shit our way, and it just so happens this is one of those ways. You know what I mean? Well, I'll admit it, um, Josh. I mean, just hearing you get emotional about such. I mean, it it takes me back. I mean, Molly is my dog. I got her a year ago, right after we moved here. That first night, she came out here to do a show with me and she just laid there and here she is she's got a, a giant ass bed and that's what she does with me and this is but before her i had a dog uh i graduated from college i got a dog her name was maya and i rescued her um she was really i won't bore people put some people some of my audiences heard the story but like she was going to be put down the next day i was like no i want that i went for another dog I went to look at another dog saw yeah. her she was beautiful and i was like i was like what about her and she was scared in the corner she wouldn't come near me and uh they're like oh no you know she's she's they've some people have tried her she's been brought back a couple times i'm like why um i was like does she bite like what like no not that we've heard um you know she's just not very friendly with people and and i was like well she's terrified it's clear as day and and uh they were like well yeah we're gonna have to put her down tomorrow i was like no you're not i'm taking her um <laughs> uh, and uh, and she was my dog for the next, you know, 16 years. Um, and, uh, wow. yeah, it was, um, she's, you God, saved her life, was, dude. Yeah. No, I, I understated. Yeah, I, I, I did. And it was, it was, you know, you know, I've, I've been blessed with two children. I've been blessed with a beautiful wife and, and, and there's something very much wonderful about that, obviously, but, uh, it's, rescuing Maya was probably one of, it was probably the best thing that I ever did in my existence. Um, um, just as, as an act, single act of kindness. And yeah, I took, uh, she bonded with me pretty quickly. Cause she was like, Oh, you're the guy who feeds me. So this is cool. 
Right. So it took about a week where she would come and uh, if I was alone in the apartment, she would she would come with me. Uh, but if anyone else was there for a while, hide behind the couch, hide it in the table. And then after a while, she started warming up and she became one of the friendliest dogs in the world. And and uh, and it was incredible to see her transition from that. Just I mean, just I mean, she was scared of anything. Um, yeah. So is uh, but yeah, it's. Yeah, dogs are very important to me and, and animals in general. I, I married a zookeeper for crying out loud. So, I mean, yeah, I mean that's, you know, uh, <laughs> it's dedication. Uh, we're, um, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to what we're going to be able to do with this place that we call home and everything. So that's wonderful. Check it out. I put this in the chat. I'll put it in the show notes later, guys. If you feel called, donate. As the, as the Coburns have said, this is going to go uh, 100% to the animals in Nicaragua. Uh, yep. to a great sanctuary that they're now going to be building, breaking ground here shortly. I mean, this sounds awesome. I'm I'm so excited. Thank you so much for talking about this, guys. I really appreciate it. Wonderful. Our pleasure. Thanks for giving Wonderful. us a platform to do it. And one of the one of the biggest takeaways too is you know that people need to remember is that anger is a secondary emotion, and people tend to forget that. So whether you're a person or an animal, like anger is always a secondary emotion there's there's a reason for anger you know it's it's sadness it's hurt it's whatever and if you can get past that anger you can break ground with anything you know so don't get pissed off because there's anger behind an animal or a person figure out the why there's always a why to everything anger is a secondary emotion always remember that like that is the key takeaway anger is a secondary emotion the root is always something else. You can go a long way with that. I think you're blowing my mind here, Sin. I'm seriously <laughs> going to have to ponder that beyond the scope of talking about animals as well. Wow. That's interesting. Right on. Yeah. Trust me, I live with this woman, dude. I, I'm pondering everything every damn day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wonderful. Well, again, thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate that. Uh, we've got a few more questions about Dissident, and then we have a few final questions uh, to cap the show off here for a few more minutes. Again, thank you so much. I finished off the Molotov, my first one ever. Um, thank you guys for putting together that project. And I think you did a, a fabulous job blending that. Very different from everything else in the portfolio. I have to say, um, I've got this this really nice, it was a very hearty cigar, very earthy, earth forward, like kind of barley you know, wheat grains, some sweet Mushroom. baking spices. Yeah. Very, yeah. Very yeah. savory umami flavors. I was going to put it down a couple of times because this rave has been calling my name since I've been looking at it. And, uh, and I, I, I would take another, I would take another puff and I was like, Nope, no, I'm not done yet. And it, it had this, this wonderful finish to it. Uh, uh, me and some of the uh, guys on the uh, Cigar Coop Coalition team that we work together, we talk about the 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 co the, the we joke around about the crescendo of flavor that uh, people talk about sometimes with cigars finishing stronger or finishing better. I it's very rare that I have that experience where the finish of the cigar is better than the other two thirds of it. And uh, I wouldn't go as far as to say that the, the final third was my favorite. I think it was still the very beginning of the cigar it was just like the way it just really coated my palate in a really really terrific way but that the that cigar finishes incredibly well and that's a feat because cigars tend to get bitter they tend to get acrid they tend to get hot and that's okay you know there's that's not a negative against any cigar um it's just 
that's what happens when you light things on fire so um but this was uh, i did not get that experience from the molotov it was it was it was a beautiful finish i really enjoyed it it was very important to me to do something completely different than what dissident has done because every dissident cigar is strong in its own way even the rays that you're smoking like it, it it fucking has its own story like every dissident cigar has that and i'm like man not a single distant cigar has been they're all similar in their own way even though they're different and molotov was so far off from that and i knew i needed to do that to show that dissident can also go this other route yeah, and I think, so that's super important to me yeah i think it's the mildest of all the cigars that i've had from you guys uh from the dissident brand uh mm-hmm. And I wouldn't even say Rave is next. I would say the soapbox is probably next on and that for me personally on that yeah. that strength mm-hmm. spectrum. Um, the Raves probably falls after that. But uh um, but yeah, no, I really, really I, my compliments. It's it's a very, very unique cigar. And I think I think you accomplished everything you just said and and, and just went you. after. So that's good. Um wait, uh, wait till the rest of this year finishes out we'll be curious what you have to say about some of the other things that are still coming yeah we have uh, some limited re- releases coming out and everything terrific, we're terrific. definitely uh going all out with dissidents so terrific <laughs> terrific well yeah we got we have to build that sanctuary you know we gotta we gotta yeah. sell some cigars <laughs> uh terrific well um wanted to another question about uh dissident real quick uh you know working we, we we've kind of mentioned it kind of we've beat around the bush a little bit but obviously you guys are working with james and angela james is, is helping um you know Vejanegra is making these cigars and everything um but you guys went down there um to experience the factory first and everything like that what drew uh I'm interested because I feel like most people I talk to are in either one camp or the other heavily leaning. They're either black label people or they're black works people. I admit it. I'm a black works guy. Uh, nothing gets black label. So I love the, I love yeah. some of the stuff in the black label portfolio, but I'm definitely lean towards black works. Um, what was it about? Um, what was it about just Oveja Negra cigars that spoke to you uh, and, and, and where you guys became fans of it? Cause that's obviously where it started. Right. So for, for me, it was when I got into cigars, the very first cigars I smoked, I had no idea what the hell I was smoking. I had no clue. Like I walked into some random like convenience store that had cigars and they were just in like some weird shelf. And I was like, hey, what's a good cigar? You know, they're like, oh, they had no clue. They were just selling whatever, you know, it was like one of those mm-hmm. typical like liquor stores. So I can't even tell you like the first cigar I had, but I I liked cigars because they weren't cigarettes. I was a single mom at the time. I needed something to get away. You know, I lived in an apartment and I had a, a, a balcony so I could just, I could just sit outside and have that hour for myself. So after that experience, I, I, started trying to figure out what lounges were and I knew there was something more than just walking into a convenience store or a liquor store. So I was living in Michigan at the time and I went into a, a local lounge and I saw a black label and what caught my eye was like lawless was one of the first cigars I smoked. And admittedly like I did not start. <laughs> I, I was like, oh hell no. But like the artwork spoke to me. 
you know, it, it was the alternative, you know, when you're in a, when you're in a humidor, you're, you're in a sea of just, oh my God. <laughs> oh, it stands out. They stand out. I mean, yeah, you've yeah, got, you, I mean, it's, yeah, it's absolutely. not embossed gold and like yeah. silver flowers, tones, right? all the shit, right? <laughs> like, so they, they stood out and this particular lounge had the lawless and like last rights or something. So I picked the lawless and I was like, holy fuck this is like yeah it's no, got some pop <laughs> no, yeah. but i was still drawn to them so i'm like why why is this brand why are they doing this like why is this so different you know compared to whatever else you know your rocket patel like why are why are they choosing this and so that intrigued me because i'm always the one to be like if somebody says don't do it i'm gonna do it if somebody says don't tattoo <laughs> your face i'm like well i'm fucking tattooing my face like this is what you get so that is what really drew me in. So even though I didn't necessarily like the lawless at first, it was too strong for me, too peppery. I still wanted to know more. And so I really started to dive deep into that. And I, it, it was honestly their labeling, which is what many people go to when it, if you're not a, you know, a, a seasoned cigar smoker, you go towards the labels. That's what it is. You don't know what the fuck else you're doing. And so I, I just dove deep into that and I really liked what they were doing. I really liked that they went against the grain. Um, now, is this before and, or after you met Josh? Because I know you guys met slight, slightly before. through cigars. Okay. Yeah. So I was already smoking cigars um, and then met him and he was the same way. You know, he was against the grain and he also liked Black Label. Right. So that's how we got into that. And and it's worked out really good because, and not to say that like your Alec Bradley's and your Rocky Patel's aren't good. They're amazing. They're absolutely amazing. You know, we have no issues with any other brands, you know, everybody has their own great cigars, but we wanted to know the story behind Black Label or Black Works mm -hmm. or whatever. So that's how we got into that is just knowing why they wanted to be different, why they chose that route, why they didn't want to be your... San Crystal Balls, which is one of his favorite, you know, cigars. Like, oh yeah, you want to do this, you know. So that was just very intriguing to us. So yeah, and one like as a marketing guy, I'm I'm looking first at you know how any product. It doesn't matter if it's electronics or cigars, you know. And I walk into a humidor, and I'm drawn to things I like, which is you know metal and skulls and shit like that. So of course, Black Label spoke to me. And then the construction, their cigars, the, the taste, all of it fits. So it made sense. And then you look at the factory name, Obeya Negra, fucking Black Sheep. Of course, yeah. I relate to that. I'm in. Like, I'm a Black Sheep. I'm a Black Sheep of my family and in society. I'm into that. So I immediately connected with kind of the aura that is Obeya Negra. So that's what really started it for us and then we were you know we became friends with james and angela in a weird roundabout way which is a story for another time but you know and it just it it made sense and then of course you know here we are because it the universe apparently knows more shit than we do so you know and then dissonant i smoke dissonant i smoked emilio you know all of it because anything that comes out of that factory is a good solid cigar whether mm. you like the taste of it that you know that's neither here nor there because there's something for everybody from that. Sure. Uh, yeah. But 
the construction was good. They weren't falling apart. They weren't preying on me. All the things that us nerds kind of care about, right? Mm -hmm. And I still all smoke something from someone else. And I'm always like, shit, it's not a dissident or it's not out of Obeah Negra. And I could tell because of this. If you handed me 10 things that were unbanded, I could probably pick out anything from Obeja Negra simply by saying construction's good. Right. And yes, there would be that from a few other factories that do great stuff, but by and large, you know, that wasn't the case. But going back to the marketing thing, if I walk into a humidor today, there's two brands, well, two conglomerates that I'll always give props to. And that's anything out of Oveja Negra, because you can see it on a shelf. You walk in and you look around, you're like, that's something right there. And then Crux, high five to those guys and their design team, because if you look at their stuff, they nail it. And I can tell you as a, yeah, as a marketing guy who they're targeting too, and they're nailing it. They're spot on, simple, color-coded obvious informational and simple that last thing simple they're mm -hmm. nailing it for the new smoker it's like what do i want i'm not sure well this tells me i like vanilla i like hazelnut and i like coffee it says right there i'm going to get that from this i'm buying it because it's simple crux mm -hmm. again high five to those guys they're nailing it but if you are looking at a lifestyle brand oveja negra is like well what's this What's this Black Works Killer B thing? Like, that's some weird, cool shit. What's all these yeah. textures? What's that about? What are these shapes about? Why is there honey honeycomb on shit? That <laughs> stuff is, is a little deeper. And kudos to James from the artwork side. Yes, the blending side, but from the artwork side, if you're marketing something like that, you can't get more spot on. Yeah, I think that it's it's really interesting. Like you mentioned, like Rocky Patel or Alec Bradley, like they all have this really cool story. Rocky's a rebel in himself too. Like he was an attorney, and like you said, they told him he couldn't do it, and so he went and did it. You know, like that that was that's kind of his story, and it's in a, in a very broad nutshell. Uh, if I can mix metaphor metaphors, but um, I think that's what's really drawing to the industry in general is that it, it it's you know it it you can be a rebel in your own right and still stay in your, I guess, stay in your lane, which is about yeah. not staying in your lane. You mentioned the yeah. Superfly. I, don't, I can't remember if we were on air yet, but you mentioned the Superfly uh, and Oscar Vidaris. He, uh, he, he does things outside the box too. Like he, I mean, he's completely vertically integrated. And for a small company like that to do that, like he manufactures boxes, he has fields, he has his tobacco. I mean, that's, I mean, he's putting everything that he makes back into the business to try and, and to, to do that and it's just it's incredible what he's done too and like it's wonderful cigars yeah and wonderful cigars to, to boot so it's um i agree i think the the point i was trying to make here um was um again it goes back to this industry and the show is like you know everyone's got their story and that's 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 the great thing we can talk about over cigars and we can nerd out on them and like i said in another occasion but it's it's these kinds of stories or these kinds of conversations that really kind of really intrigue me and stuff. But um, to kind of uh, great segue into uh, our next segment, which is the uh, um, sponsored by uh, Asylum Cigars. You mentioned them earlier. Actually, refuge is more than just a physical place. It can be a state of mind. Uh, some of life's greatest reflections can be found in our own personal asylum. Moments like these were made for Asylum Cigars. Light up an asylum and choose your refuge so 
guys, this segment, uh, um, this question's for both of you. I know you're going to have two different answers here, uh, but I th- you mentioned uh, when you first started smoking and, and how it, it was like you, you were seeking a refuge. You were seeking something because I know you, you, uh, you, you uh, in a previous life too, you were also a counselor for people who had gone through a lot of trauma as well. Um, you've worked with both uh, both women and men, right? Uh, young boys and, and then also women who've been uh, gone through s- sexual assault and things like that. I mean, uh, don't have time tonight, but that's that's another part of your journey that I would love to explore and just just incredible work that you've done there. Um, but I imagine you had to, you know, you, you found cigars because you had to get away from that and, uh, you know, in your own, in your own way. And, and, uh, so the, the whole point of this segment, sorry, I didn't mean to digress, but the whole point of the segment is when, when, if you guys can remember that moment where it was just a cigar and just that moment, you know, the, we talked about the community and how great cigars is it, it's sharing it with people and sharing it with a lot of people in some cases, or maybe just like the three of us tonight, but every so often we have that opportunity where it's just us and a cigar. If you can recall a moment, what was that cigar you were smoking? If you can remember, and what was that moment about? Gosh, you know, I don't know the cigar that I was smoking, but it was sitting on my balcony by myself and realizing that I had that time to myself, which I didn't get prior to that, which was a, a huge like revelation, like I could actually sit out here and take these moments to myself. And, you know, in that moment, I realized why cigarette smoking was important to people. Like I, you know, that was never my thing, but I understood why cigarette smoking was a thing. You know, it was the the slow breathing. It was the, you know, taking that time for yourself and, you know, like with cigars, you have no choice, but to breathe slow and, you know, you don't inhale and, that was really important to me. And I, I realized like how much that meant to me. Like I looked forward to that time where I could be like, okay, guys go to bed or, you know, put on a show for an hour and I'm just going to go sit outside and just breathe. And that was huge. That was really huge for me. And if it, I can't recall a time outside of cigars where I could do that. Like, what do you do? Like fiddle on your phone? Like that's still stimulating. Mm-hmm. No, like I, I, nothing compares to cigars. You can literally set your phone down and just sit there and just think about things and just smoke your cigar. And that was huge to me. And that was the only escape I had. I didn't want to get into cigarettes. I, I'm not, you know, I, I don't turn to alcohol. I, you know, drugs aren't a thing. Like cigars were it for me. And I was so excited when I, when I realized that, and I found that escape. So again, I don't know what cigar it was because I was going to these stupid convenience stores to buy them. I know they were Connecticut's because they handed me Connecticut's. They told me they were Connecticut's, but it was just that moment with those cigars. I could just sit out there and just get that time to myself. That was just so important. And that's what started my journey. So yeah, like Cigars are a, a massive part of my life. And I, I'm not sitting here trying to push cigars on other people. I just hope people find that thing for them where they they're, can do the refuge. same thing. Yeah. Yes, where they can just sit there with themselves, not on their phone, just sit there and reflect and calm down and just breathe and 
whatever it is, like, that's the thing for me. And that's what it was for me, like five, six years ago. That's, that's what it was. So no it's idea more like cigar, seven or eight years now. We, we always say six years, but it's like, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's our, all. that's always our like default, but we'll, it be, has we'll be here in 15 years and she'll still be say five or six yeah, years ago. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, to answer the question from my end, um, this is back when I was traveling all over the world all the time, whether I was speaking or putting on social media events with a guy that I will forever call my travel wife. And um, his name's Ryan Rep. And him and this guy named Adrian Barunda, uh, who runs, uh, and if you're in the Dallas area, please go to Industrial Cigars. It's an Atabay Lounge. Mm -hmm. Stellar individuals that own that place. And uh, meet up with a guy named Adrian Barunda. Okay, so he frequents that lounge. He's a major part of that lounge. And um, those two guys, Adrian Barunda and Ryan Rep, uh, are the reason that I'm even into cigars at all. And Adrian runs uh, an Instagram page called Cigars and Guns, which is exactly what it sounds like. But uh, stellar individual, again, lives in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Mm -hmm. And uh, just an amazing individual. And again, if you can go to the lounge, industrial, and hang with him, I highly recommend it. You'll learn more about life in an hour and a half than you probably ever did before. Wonderful guy. And prior to this, Josh said he'd never smoke cigars and yep. never touch these. And, like and, and here's the thing. I was heavy into fitness. I was a sponsored uh, athlete uh, and bodybuilder. And um, I was traveling with Ryan, my travel wife. And I'd see Adrian at all these social events too. Good friend. And while traveling... Ryan would always want to go to the local cigar lounge in whatever city we're in. Like I was in Ybor city before I even knew Ybor city was a thing. Right. <laughs> and, um, so I, I go to these lounges with him and we're sitting and I'm just working my ass off in these lounges all day, pecking away at my computer and he'd smoke cigars and commiserate and tell war stories and all this shit. And one time Ryan and, and Adrian were both smoking cigars. and like, dude, just pick up a fucking cigar. It'll change your life. And I'm like, no, I don't need another thing. Like I already had things. <laughs> I don't need another thing. And I'm an extreme guy. And Ryan laughed and he's like, yeah, you'll make it a thing. So he likes to think or, or to credit himself with what dissident is today, because it's true without him. <laughs> dissident as it exists today would not exist so credit to that pompous fucker but uh, <laughs> as it said uh they're like just have a cigar it'll change everything so um we were on the road we were in a lounge and i grabbed a cigar kind of to placate ryan and he's like dude just smoke it so i smoked it going through i don't know fucking louisiana or new mexico or mississippi or somewhere on the road and it was great i enjoyed it it was a java uh, because flavor, right? Yeah. And uh, Rocky Patel product. There you go. Right? And um, <laughs> it was a good cigar for what it is. You know, I, mm -hmm. I would never pick that up today unless I wanted to relive that moment in my head, right? Uh, but it was the very next cigar I had that actually changed everything because we got to a lounge. I think it was in, fuck, I don't know, Phoenix, Tampa, somewhere. And uh, I remember the lounge, but I don't, and I remember even the location. I can see it in my head, but I don't know what it was. And um, I lit up a cigar. I flip over my laptop like I always do. I'm working my ass off. And some random dude, large guy, sits down older than me. And uh, 
he sits down like a million people had in the lounges I worked in prior, or I, then, you know, I was doing work in, not working in. And uh, he says, Hey man, what are you smoking? And that changed everything because now I was having a dialogue with real human beings all yes. over the country in places that I never thought that I would have dialogue with these human beings. And that's what changed it for me. Mm. Because then when I lit up a cigar in, well, DC is my favorite example because I was recommended a lounge in downtown Washington, DC, my first time there. And I finished everything I had to do. And they told me, oh, go to this lounge, it'll be great. I cruise over to that lounge. I walk in, the woman greets me, I sit down and uh, she hands me like the cigar list she hands me a menu for food and drinks and I, you know, I order my drink and I order the cigar and uh, she asked me what cut she brings it and I'm sitting there and I'm looking around and I realize I'm the only white guy in there. Right. Like to some, not a big deal as a uh, fairly uninformed white boy from small town, Iowa. I'm now the, the minority, right. For the first time in my life. And what's crazy is I thought this should be interesting because I didn't know how it would go. I mean, obviously they, they greeted me, they sat me down, whatever, but 10 minutes into my cigar dudes at the table next to me were watching the baseball game and they're arguing. It was a close game and they're arguing about who they think are going to win. And immediately they're like, let me ask this white boy. He'll be the tiebreaker for us. And they turn around and they ask me who I think is going to win the game. I haven't watched major league baseball since I was like 12 years old. So I don't have a clue. <laughs> so I give my opinion and I, and you know, start bullshitting with them. And suddenly I'm not just bullshitting with them. The whole room is bullshitting with me and, you know, and with each other. And that was a real moment for me that made me mm -hmm. realize how important cigars are and, and all the stuff we've talked about today. And I wasn't a minority in there. I was a human being in that room mm -hmm. along with many other human beings. And it was wonderful. And that's, that's really what I can thank the cigar community, those guys in DC and Ryan and Adrian for. That's really an important moment for me in my, in my, my whole life, just because of that moment. There are so no outcasts awesome. in a lounge. Yeah. There are no minorities in a lounge. That's awesome. That's beautiful. What a beautiful moment. Really cool stuff. No, the the Frakes family uh, own, uh, uh, they run industrial do a great job. Uh, awesome. You mean, and glad uh, you know them. Wonderful dudes. Yeah. Uh, some really beautiful moments there. I think uh, the the you know, since you were talking about just the, the the slowing down, I've heard you I've heard you talk about that before the breathing and everything, and and it was actually it was actually after I heard an interview that you did and you talked about that for the first time, and then you mentioned it again when I gave you guys the award at PCA this year and um I won't say for the first time but probably for the first time in a long time a couple a couple days later when I got back from PCA I lit up a cigar and sat on my back porch and and that's what I thought about and I to your point I actually put my phone away too and I was like I'm just gonna sit here and not just focus on the cigar I'm gonna focus on me like the breathing and everything and I'm gonna see if you know what this experience is like and it it's it, it it's an entirely new i know this sounds weird but it's an entirely new way to experience the cigar 
you know, if you focus on the actual experience of smoking and not what you're smoking, it was, it was a really, really unique way to, to enjoy it. So, uh, it was really, really fantastic. So, um, well, thank you guys for sharing that. That was, uh, of course, our asylum moment. Refuge is more than just a physical place. It can be a state of mind, as we talked about. Some of life's greatest reflections and moments can be found in our own personal asylum. Moments like these were made for asylum cigars. So light up an asylum and choose your refuge. So uh, just two more segments, guys, two more questions here. One's our rapid fire. We call it this or that. And then we can wrap everything up with our curveball segment, if that's all right with you guys. So um, again, thank you so much for your time tonight. Um, Just it's been a wonderful, wonderful conversation. Uh, It's everything that I I, I hoped and wanted hoped and wanted out of this. And I I hope you guys have had uh, an enjoyable conversation and time as well. So thank you very much. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. So, um, so this uh, segment called this or that, basically, I give you guys two things and you pick one and there's no right or wrong answers that some are cigar related, some are not. So, uh, so, and I know you do not like Lanceros, so Lanceros will not be in this ah. question. Uh, so this <laughs> is, uh, but uh, we got, I got two Vitolas, Robusto or Toro, which one are you picking? Robusto. Good answer. Toro all the way. I knew he'd say Toro. I'm a Robusto guy myself, so I feel you. I'm in between because Robusto, if I want to know what the blender was thinking when they made it, because I feel like that's the, you get the best of everything, right? The good balance. But Mm -hmm. Toro, because fuck every time I want a cigar, I want it to last forever. There you go. I'm too ADHD for that. Like I want, like, I get so bored so fast. So like, give me like, your petite Corona, your Robusto, and I'll get through yeah. it, and then I'm like on to the next. She's five petite Coronas in, and I'm still smoking on my same Toro. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. So now I, I, I want to smoke Corona or Robusto, and I want to enjoy more cigars. So, uh-huh. um, but um, so that's good. So the okay. So the original question, I'm going to tell you guys the original question, but I'm going to change it up. The original question was Michigan or Texas, and that was kind of an homage to you, Sen. But uh, since you guys are both Midwest, we'll just say. Midwest or Southern United States? So Midwest, Midwest. Midwest. Uh, I'll go with Midwest too. But if it was Michigan or Texas, I'd choose Texas. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) All right. uh, Changing things up here. So would you guys rather cook or cook be cooked for? Would you rather have someone make a dish for you? Would you rather make a dish for somebody? Be cooked for. Be cooked for, especially if she's cooking. (laughs) nothing beats her cooking no restaurant <laughs> no fucking nothing what, what's her, her what's the favorite what's the favorite dish that she makes that you like dude the and it's been two years not calling shots here but uh <laughs> the mac her mac and cheese i would put against any mac and cheese on this planet it is the best mac and cheese on earth but literally anything else i'd put of hers against anything That's but, awesome. but i'm tired of cooking so be cooked for <laughs> Our kids do all the cooking at home and it's fucking great. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. My, my son loves to cook with me in the kitchen. So I'm looking forward to the day to turn it over to, but I love, that's like my, I don't know. That's like my love language. I love, I love making meals for people. And um, my wife loves my Mac and cheese too. So maybe we'll have to have a Mac and cheese battle some point soon. But uh, okay. So uh, this one's a funny one. So bad breath or body odor, which would you rather deal with body odor body odor all fucking day dude i was a body modification artist for years people would show up on a fucking saturday morning wanting their tongue pierced and i'm like bro 
You haven't brushed your teeth for a week. You have morning breath. I don't want to deal with this shit. Oh, Go home, God. take care of your it's... shit, and come back. Yeah, it was miserable, dude. Body odor all oh. day. I'll old man balls way before I'm gonna fucking deal with that shit. I'm, no joke. Forget that. He t- he waited right till I took a swig of my water too, man. Oh, that's fucking great. Oh and my also, god. This is what the cigar blogs are gonna do. Dissident says they will sniff old man balls. Oh. That's what we're gonna pull from this. PR nightmare incoming. <laughs> All right. Uh, we know you guys live in San Juan del Sur. Uh, so obviously you guys love calling that place home and everything. But if you had to vacation, would you prefer the mountains or the beach? Mountains. Mountains. But San Juan del Sur. Yeah. <laughs> you, guys if I living, vacation, you guys are living in your vacation home. Okay. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, the mountains. I, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, my wife's a beach person. I hate the beach. <laughs> I really do. I don't like it at all. I go I go every summer because my kids now and my wife love the beach so I'm I'm I go to the beach every summer and I smoke cigars and that's that's how I survive because I'm not really a beach fan but I I love the mountains I love it I love the mountains they're beautiful we live we live in the jungle on the mountains and we go to the beach so we get the best of everything we're like well um so here's an interesting one would you rather owe money or owe a favor 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 fuck me in debt both of us are like absolute no debt we don't live with that debt, yeah it. debt does not exist to us because you can't live a life of freedom when you're tethered to some ridiculous ass financial institution fuck that okay really uh, <laughs> so like so it doesn't even matter the favor like you'd rather owe any kind of favor over owing owing money yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to get myself into. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going to get like nasty or anything like right, this. Like, right. like, no, I'm just saying, like, the in, the intensity of the favor doesn't matter. You'd rather I'll, do that. I'll than, fucking than... fly to Seattle and help an old friend move before I'm going to be in debt to somebody. Same. <laughs> <laughs> You're a better man than me. I hate moving. I told my son. I said when we moved Same. here, this is house. Like, this is the last place I was moving. I told my son that you're you're burying me in the backyard. Like, I'm never leaving. <laughs> like, I'm not moving. This is how you fix it sell everything and own just what's in a suitcase and you can move as often as you want and you'll never hate moving again we're that's a what testament we did. to that yeah it's yeah. a fucking we can move anytime we want with no <laughs> fucking headaches oh man that's actually going to go into the last question you mentioned about the suitcase i wanted to bring that back so uh full circle here in a minute on that so okay um all right so uh two more uh this is the uh second to last one here so uh, what bothers you more, uh, people misquoting movies or people mistaking lyric, uh, uh, quoting mistaken lyrics from a song? Lyrics, lyrics for sure. Lyrics, but the butterfly effect exists today, so nothing's real. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but honestly, nice lyrics. Pull. Nice pull. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely a movie quote guy. Um, I'm a, I'm a terrible music consumer. I I'm my 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 music taste is very eclectic. Uh, I admit, like I'm all I'm all over the map when it comes to music, um, but yeah, it it bo- it bothers the hell out of me when people are like, oh yeah, I'm, oh I love that movie, and then they're like, and then they proceed to like quote uh, from the movie, and it's like it, they butcher it. It's like, oh dude, right. you ruined it, you ruined it. God I, damn it. There's a caveat with my answer because I hate when people misquote lyrics, but at the same time, I also think 
great music wouldn't exist without misquoted lyrics because like Scott Weiland misquoted Life in the Fast Lane as Flies Stuck in Vaseline. And that and that created the song <laughs> Vaseline by Stone Temple Pilots. So oh, who will wow. really say that you shouldn't misquote it, right? Because great things come from it. But that's the that's the asterisk next to my answer. All right. All right. The last question has to do with cigars. So opening a cigar box. So that means pulling the label, opening the cellophane that's packed in, removing like if there's tissue, that whole experience or removing the cellophane from a single cigar, which one's, which one do you, which one's better? The box. Yep. It's like a present. <laughs> the box for me is like, cause I worked for that fucking box. You know, I didn't mm. just buy a cigar. I thought about it. I invested in it. And now I get to enjoy 20 or 25 of these or 15 of these sticks for as long as I want. Like that's, boner inducing shit and the right smell of the fresh paint on the boxes it, oh yeah everything about it so much better that absolutely wins so i mean for so we talked a little bit about the molotov so that i want to talk about that but i want to pull from that moment real quick so that first the first molotov box you opened to sign right like it wasn't the, that experience that i just described a minute ago because it was it's a little bit different but that first box that you opened you saw the image that you took that picture with your cell phone and everything. You're about to sign it for the first time. What was that experience like, Sin? That was crazy. Like, I still remember the sound of opening that box. Like, holy shit. Because we even designed the box. Like, mm -hmm. how it opened, the color, like, the flame being foil. Like, we designed all of that. So that was so crazy to me. And just, you know, we go to the factory all the time. But to be in the factory holding my own box with my cigars was mind blowing. And I'm sitting there around all the factory workers and I'm like, <laughs> you know, it was like signing. I'm like, this is so weird. Because like, it's surreal. That's cool. Yeah, it was and, crazy. And for cigar fans, I mean, let's switch roles here. As a dude who's invested in cigars and investing time, I and mean, we've been on this for a couple of hours, right? You're yeah. away from your family, you're away from life you're dedicating time to it imagine if you had the opportunity to to blend design and market something so dear to you and mm -hmm. you get to hold it the first time as yeah. a cigar fan that's stupid ridiculous yeah. because i mean yeah you know you can do it i mean anyone can do anything right you have that thought but to actually do it and to have it physically it's just like fuck we did it and opening it, and you're like, wow, the pegs are in here, and like, you know, you're mm -hmm. opening it because of this and that versus sliding it or opening it this way. Or... It's mind blowing. It's like, holy yeah. shit, this is actually like in my hands. Everything that I worked for is actually physically in my hand right now. That's, it's mind blowing. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a cool feeling. Yeah, I. I and the the reason reason I ask is it's funny, Josh. It's really funny you mentioned that. That that's that is my dream one day. I would love to, I would love to blend and make a cigar. I've always, that was kind of when I first started in cigars, that was kind of my dream. And I always said that the FDA kind of stole that for a while and we've gotten a nice reprieve from that, uh, which is kind of cool. And so maybe that dream will come will come true one day, but there's a, I, I love asking this question specifically to, to hearing your description about sin, just because I I'm, I'm jealous of it. And, and jealousy has this very, obviously has a very negative connotation, uh, but it's it, it's weird for me because it's it's jealousy, but it, it it's in a very positive way. I love living that moment through 
you're living through it. It's 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 really cool. I I I can't imagine how surreal that would be. I would just be magic, just absolutely yeah. awesome. So and that goes to anything, right? Anything mm-hmm. you work for. I mean, getting the house in the country to know mm-hmm. that you're breeds possibility right like what a good feeling what a what a magical moment that you and your family can have or insert whatever dream or goal you have like it's it's ridiculous the moment you get to see it through especially because those kinds of big goals come with delayed gratification and we're such an instant gratification society if you saw something all the way through six months a year later 10 years if you're buying a home 30 years whatever that looks like and you pay it off or you see it through like what an unbelievable moment because you did something that not everyone can do because they don't have the patience they don't have the wherewithal they don't have the the nuts to fucking step up to the plate and understand i'm planting the tree today so my kids can find the shade later you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so generations later can find that shade and that's a huge deal it's like it's like you're in my head josh that's exactly what we did uh (laughs) I, I, we, I, I planted a tree at our old house, grew it from about this high out of a pot to about six feet. And my wife's like, what are you going to do with the, the, the magnolia? And I was like, we're taking it. I, was wow. like, I found someone and I, I brought it and I brought it. We replanted it. It sits out there in our backyard. And I love that thing. And cause again, wow. yeah, that's, 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 so cool. that's my goal is that one day my kids will sit at the trunk and you know, with the shade uh, and everything. So that's, that's funny, man. Nice pull. That's cool. <laughs> You're in my head. Well, uh, to, to take a total offshoot and delay the end of your podcast for however many minutes I'm going to say this. Um, the, the place we live actually is, is in the middle of a jungle on this land that uh, a wonderful man created. And he just passed, uh, what, a week Last ago? Last week, yeah. And it's unfortunate, but at his um, memorial service, they had trees for everyone to take and plant because oh. his dream was exactly that. And he did it here where we live and he gave us a home. He gave us land in abundance and that's going to last food. And, and that's going to last for generations. He left a legacy that's going to impact people that don't even know his name. And that's what we aim to do. And mm. that's obviously what you aim to do. And I think that's huge. I think that's monumental. Oh, that's beautiful. I am sorry for your loss. I know you talked about that. You guys have had such a, I mean, call what it is, tumultuous last few months with so many oh, things right. going on. Um, Thank you, yeah. It's so beautiful to, to finally have this moment with you all and everything. And I know that not everything is necessarily healed and and fixed and things like that. And that's going to be a process, but uh, it's it's nice to have a little bit of a lull here for y'all to, to, to have some peace and stuff. But uh, again, my sorry... Uh, my condolences for you and i know how special that place is to you and so i know that, that they were a big loss yeah thank you um but uh uh to, to josh's point we have reached the end of our podcast so we have one last question for you so this is our always our curveball segment which is always brought to you by a dunbarton tobacco and trust fastballs or curveballs it doesn't matter since the company's inception steve sock has been knocking them out of the park it's now eight years, eight consecutive years in the consensus top three. Congratulations to our good friend, Mr. Steve Saka. So this is a fun off the wall question, guys. So you, we mentioned it. We talked about this. You guys packed up a single suitcase apiece, moved down there, 
uh, uprooted your life and, and, and made a place that's, uh, that's now home for y'all and everything. So if I could return the gift and if I could gift wrap anything, doesn't matter the size, big, small, or whatever, I could gift wrap anything from the United States and move it down to Nicaragua at San Juan del, San Juan del Sur for y'all. What, what, what would you ask of me? My Christmas tree. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> My Christmas tree that I left behind. I regret to this day that I gave it away. From what was the, it? the ornaments and everything. I, I think I might have inherited it because my wife bought a nine foot tree that's now in our it's still in our living room. I know it's January 29th. I don't care. Uh, I love it. it can be a Valentine's Day tree. It can yeah. be a St. Patrick's Day tree. I have a feeling it will be. Get that up and find joy in it year round, man. Yeah. That down. Yeah. My wife Not wanted a tree, wanted a big tree, and she's like, we we measured our ceilings, and she's like. I, I I think I'm going to do the 12 foot. And I was like, okay, the, the, we have 18 foot ceilings. That's pretty big. And she's wow. like, oh, I went with the nine. I'm glad she went with the nine. Cause that thing is still fucking massive. Holy crap, man. Yeah. Holy <laughs> cow. If you, this, if you count the, the, the sheer diameter of that, the circumference around yeah, the base, that's it's just, nuts. It's massive. Holy yeah. cow. Holy cow. But she loves it. It's beautiful. And I'm thrilled that she got it. Uh, okay. What about, what about you, Josh? She's so I'm, uh, you know what? I, I would have you gift wrap and ship me just simply some important people down here that we don't get enough time with. And and I'll shout them out real quick. That's the Cladies who will be here in a couple of weeks who worked with us on our Tenacity Craft Dissident Whiskey, which being dissidents, what do you do when you buy a company for to make cigars? You release a fucking whiskey first, right? Uh, <laughs> um, so the Cladies... I would bring uh, some assorted family members down. I'd bring Ryan and Adrian down. Those those individuals gift wrap their asses and bring them here, and we're all good. Awesome, that's beautiful. Well, guys, thank you so much again. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Um, it was just a wonderful evening spending it with y'all. Uh, thank you for the opportunity, like I said, and uh, for our audience as well. Um, staying up late with us always every Sunday, like y'all do. Uh, it's been wonderful. So keep all those likes and shares coming. Um, really appreciate it. So um, for, uh, I mean, is there any, any final announcements you guys want to say about uh, what's coming from Dissident? I know we talked about a couple of new projects or anything like that. Uh, are y'all coming to the States? I know the Cladies you said are coming down. So you'll be hosting. Will you guys be coming? Uh, I know you guys are coming for TPE here shortly as well too. Yeah, she'll be at TPE talking about the home and uh, the new uh, release of the the limited uh, edition. Well, that that will be that'll be later. You'll see a new limited edition at PCA, which we'll be at, and okay. you'll see some new stuff later in the year. Um, PCA. Which will be um, we'll be in the states for another thing going on in June that's kind of cigar related, but kind of not, and yeah. then. Um, Probably some lounges in the works. Probably some Texas lounges, I would hope. Terrific. Maybe yeah, some West Coast. Yeah, territories I didn't hit last year. So. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful. But, well, uh, hope, hope to see you guys soon. Go ahead, Josh. Uh, yeah. And and like I said, don't don't sleep on going up and saying uh, what's up to the freaks at Industrial, and hook up with Adrian. Uh, who again, my, my close friend, go see him at Industrial Cigars because, dude, 
go give him a high five go give him a big hug from me you will, will not regret it in an ounce of your life he'll change you he's a wonderful human being wonderful awesome well again everyone thank you so much for uh hanging out with us late as you always do every sunday we appreciate all those likes and shares keep them coming you can check out our show every uh every sunday here on our facebook live page alos fumar you can always check us out on youtube as well it's the alos fumar channel don't forget to hit the subscribe button if you're listening to us later wherever you listen to podcasts whether that be on apple Podcasts, spotify google play podbean or wherever you listen to podcasts don't forget to download subscribe and review and if you are your subscriber as I always ask, don't forget to hit unsubscribe, but please don't forget to hit resubscribe because that helps my numbers and I can get great guests like the Coburns uh, to come and uh, sit with me for a couple hours and then have a wonderful conversation. So, uh, so guys, I hope everyone has an absolutely fantastic week. I'm Bear Duplissy live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio, Azel, Texas. This was our 238th take. Sin, Joshua Coburn. Guess what, everybody? We'll see you next time.